I'm only seven months behind. Seven months behind. But Alex Karev deserved better. <laughs> that happened in March, right? Yeah, that's how far behind I am. Alex Karev deserved better, Shonda. Jeez. Hey, good afternoon. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Grays and Anime. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm really into this right now. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into Talking Trek Live. My name is Ultimate DJs. I'm your host. This is Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast, and I'd like to welcome you to the show. Let's see who's hanging out with us here this afternoon. Hey, uh, Cavacor, Server 29, welcome in. Truck and Chick on 26. Tequila says, I cry. I cry every time my epic chest payout hijacks BPs. <laughs> That's... That's a valid reason to cry, okay? That, that, that's legitimate. Hey, SpongeBob, server 147, welcome. Kukar on 17. Jerry Ryan on 146, welcome. Nostromo, server 30, appreciate you being here. Jay Burke on 32. Metal on server 8. Starbase on 8, as well as Blue Mandalorian joining us from server 8. Vespa Man on European server 147. Tabby Moza, server 20. Vitamin THC on 131. Patron St. Nick on server 18, welcome. Lieutenant Razik on 15. Cobalt Dave on server 40. Ape on server 21. Bombastic European server 132. Commander Taylor on APAC server 192. Noland on 132. Hudson 146. Halo and Shogun both on server 8. Welcome. Indy Dandy on 31. Chronic Break server 18. Techman on server 34. Easy says, what's up from server 15? How you doing, buddy? Wicked Witch and Orion Pax also joining from 15. K Jizzle, server 37. Welcome, Dunk on 15. Gregor, appreciate you being here. Server 9, thank you for hanging out. Burn Like Ice on 147. Thad on 15. Tequila Mac on 163. Maztec on 32. Hydra on 32. Uh, so Soda. So Sotac. <laughs> server 28. Hey, Yeoman. Server 20. Uh, server 14, rather. Welcome. Slaughterer on 34. Hydra 32. Blokemon on 134. Coulson for Shield. Server 32. Bernard on 28. Ibeglin on 32. Molly Weasley on server 21. Champ on 21. Callus on 8. Crater <laughs> 5, 152. Maverick on 26. Silent Stabber on 8. Lotta Hool on server 158. Jet Ski on 37. Colonel Sam Houston says, good day to you. Omar Little on 141. Well, uh, welcome. Lasky on 129. Quick Thinker on server 16. Punch My Clown on 36. Admiral Sack Attack on 15. And 78 other messages. Uh, we have apparently found a very good time to be on the air. This is the best time to be on the air. So I do apologize when we have to do late stuff or early stuff, you know. But hey, here we are at a normal showtime, 3.30 on the nose, Eastern time here on a Wednesday. Welcome in uh, later in the evening, just after dinner time, to the European players. Appreciate you being here. And uh, happy lunch to our United States Pacific Coast players. Gregor, that would make it lunchtime for you. What's on the menu today? Coffee. <clears throat> coffee for lunch? See, that's a, that's a great breakfast meal. But you can't do coffee for lunch. Like, there's got to be, like, you know, a chicken salad sandwich or, you know, a grilled salmon, you know. Uh, I don't I don't really do lunch, man. I do breakfast and dinner. 
Oh, well, okay, so at least you do the breakfast. You do the breakfast. See, I typically, I'm running very late. I know you guys cannot possibly imagine Ultimate DJs ever running late. Uh, so I, uh, I don't dorm- normally do breakfast. I do lunch and dinner, uh, for breakfast. I'll, you, again, I'll usually have a cup of coffee or something, but yeah, no, I don't do, I don't do much breakfast. Yeah. So anywho, uh, yeah. Hugo says, Ooh, having sushi for dinner. Uh, German Hugo. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for you. I could totally go for some raw fish right now. That'd be great. Yum, yum, yum. All right, guys. Welcome into the show. Appreciate you being here. Uh, we, I am, I'm not going to lie, truck and chick. My head is a little goofy today i can already see myself flying off on like 38 different tangents gregor i'm counting on you to to keep me front and center okay uh already in the last 20 minutes we've talked about movies that make you cry we've talked about tv shows uh that have characters written off in such a poor fashion uh okay okay i don't need all the comments from the peanut gallery did you hear nasa just landed on an asteroid no, I didn't hear about that. That's cool. But you know what? Uh, speaking of said outer space news, uh, I have a news article about SpaceX and Mars. And it's coming up right now, Gregor. See, thank you for keeping me on the straight and narrow. That's what you do. You're good at that, man. Just do this all show. Keep me on task, okay? That'd, that'd be great. Live from the Talking Trek Studios, it's time for the stupid news. Stupid, stupid News! news. It is time for the news. All right. I actually have a couple of good of good space stories today. <laughs> I've got a couple of good space stories. Uh, Gregor, there's this one. NASA, for whatever reason. Now, I, I don't actually get this one yet unless possibly we see more humans traveling to the moon over the next few years, but NASA is launching a 4G phone network on the moon. Did you hear about this? Like, this is happening over the next several months. They are launching a cellular phone network on the moon. Now, why? Yeah, Vita, it's only 4G. Why would they do that, Gregor? Uh, for E.T.? He's always asking about using a phone. I don't know. I don't know. Max says there's no atmosphere. It'll broadcast much clearer, I guess. I mean, I can't even get my phone to work on planet Earth. All right? Let's fix it down here before we worry about the moon. Um, But, yeah. Oh, I read it's for for deeper uh, space communications. Well, there you go. Installing an actual phone network on the moon, ladies and gentlemen, because that's the first thing we need. So they can long distance to Mars. One small... I was going to say, maybe some astronauts really like to play STFC on mobile. Maybe so. It's one small text for man, one giant bill for mankind. Ladies and gentlemen, a Danish inventor who was serving life in prison for murder charges managed to escape by claiming he had a bomb strapped to his chest. Uh, but it turned out only to be a copy of the movie Cats. So uh, he got busted. Mighty Ducks... Because <laughs> it's such a bad movie. Uh, Mighty Duck star Brock Pierce. You guys remember this guy, Brock Pierce? Brock Pierce uh, is apparently running for president as an independent, Gregor. He announced his candidacy this past week and is now challenging Kanye West to a debate. Yes. Can you imagine Brock Pierce and Kanye debating the same night as, like, Trump and Biden? First, on one hand, you get two bozos that nobody wants to see in office, and then you also have Brock Pierce and Kanye West. (laughs) The Mighty Duck star. He wants to be president. 
That's what's happening. A uh, new report. Gregor claims Prince Andrew attended a topless photo shoot with Jeffrey Epstein that featured underage models in the British Virgin Islands. Prince Andrew could not be reached for comment. He was home watching Cuties on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> that's terrible. That's awful. A survey by the Associated Press found that one in four Americans has considered quitting their job because of coronavirus cats, uh, concerns. It's actually higher if you count all the parents who are ready to quit homeschooling. But uh, these days, people want a job. Yeah, these days, people want a job where you can do nothing and still get paid. Thus why Brock Pierce is running for, for office. That's why. So many folks are running for Congress because they don't want to do anything and still get paid. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, this was good. Here's some political news for you. This should charge everybody up. Former Apprentice producer Mark Burnett is said to be developing a TV show for Donald Trump if he loses the election. Unfortunately for the president, uh, it's probably going to be on court TV. If Joe Biden loses... <laughs> he's got a he's got a TV deal. Uh, apparently, his son helped him get a TV deal to appear on the hit Ukrainian show, Dancing with the Czars. <laughs> get it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dancing with the Czars. Um, and and Hunter's got his own deal too. Hunter's going to be on whose line is it anyway? <laughs> Coca Cola's in the news, getting rid of Tab Cola after nearly sixty years. Gregor, you've had Tab Cola before, right? Who has no, had? No, but I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. They're getting rid of it. They're dumping the brand after sixty years, six decades. Although, uh, if you'd still like to taste some, you can always go out and, and drink paint thinner. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Gosh, I have to put these disclaimers in everything. I am not encouraging anyone to drink paint thinner. It's super dangerous, even if it is much tastier than Tab. <laughs> so there's that. Here's the story I was telling you about, Gregor. Uh, Elon Musk says that the first SpaceX voyage to Mars could take off in less than four years. People are excited uh, about this. I don't know how impressed I am, though. I mean, he obviously, I know you're a super huge Elon fan. I know that you love Elon and everything he's doing. I grew up, you grew up too. We were watching the Jetsons, man. We were supposed to have flying cars and a talking robot named Rosie who handles all of our stuff by now. Instead, we got no flying cars and a talking robot named Alexa who just steals all of our stuff. All right. But yeah, Elon says that we are we are going to Mars in less than four years. How do you feel about that, man? It's kind of exciting. I can't wait. It is kind of exciting. How long how long is the uh, is the flight to Mars? It's like months, right? Six months? I don't know, but they better have first class. <laughs> Are you going? You going to go? I'm not flying coach. Not all the way to Mars. <laughs> finally. Uh, finally. Here you go, Wicked Witch. Here's your last one. Kanye West <laughs> made headlines over the weekend by tweeting, quote, My memories are from the future. That was his quote, and obviously a lot of people having a little bit of fun with that. However, history will reflect that nobody had better weed than Kanye West. All right? My my memories are from the future, he says. And there you go. There's your stupid news. I've got it's more. the same thing Gandalf. Or not Gandalf, but... <clears throat> my memories are from the future. I have more. Uh, I could give you more if you want. You want one more? Uh, the Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays are in the news, defeating the Houston Astros to move on to the World Series. Uh, For the second time ever in franchise history, the Rays, though, had a huge advantage uh, because the series was played in an empty stadium. They've been doing that forever. (laughs) They've been doing that forever, they said. 
There you go. All right, no more. I'll, I'll stop with that right there. Good afternoon. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. Appreciate you being here. And we have successfully burned way more time than intended with stupid news. Yes, now, now it's over, Lube. Uh, it is over. I, I got more. You want another one? I'm kidding. I'll give you another one. No, I won't. Gregor, how you doing, buddy? Welcome into the <laughs> Dirty Bird says, please, no. Uh, welcome into the show, everybody. Man, we had a busy evening. You know, uh, before the show and Fluffer Time, I was telling you a little bit about uh, the television that I was watching last night. But before that happened, uh, before that happened, I was uh, I was in emergency uh, communications mode. What did I tell you, Gregor? By the, oh, shoot. Sorry, I forgot to call you back last night. You called me. I was right in the middle of a bunch of stuff because our game servers were crashing out last night. And, uh, and so that was, of course, affecting everybody all the way across. So, listen, I want to spend a couple of minutes on this because there were some good things that happened last night uh, despite a technical failure, and I feel, I feel that it's super-duper important for us to acknowledge those. Um, the first one is the announcement that came probably within five or six minutes of, of something starting to happen. Um, this was at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And by the way, it was during the later part of the 6 o'clock hour when I noticed this happening. I don't know when you guys first noticed it happening, but uh, it was uh, probably, again, Eastern time, probably in the latter half of the 6 o'clock hour. And um, the moderators were on this quickly. Uh, said the team is aware of current login issues, investigating the issue. We have the game. We hope to have the game up and running soon. But at this point, no ETA. That was at 7 p.m. yesterday. Now, um, of course, I was um, in communication and talking to them and trying to figure out what was going on and, and this and that. And um, I know that you guys uh, were. Uh, Everybody was frustrated, right? Everybody was frustrated because some people were still able to get into the game. Some people were not able to get into the game. But even if you were able to get into the game, it wasn't all roses, right? It wasn't all rainbows and roses. If you got into the game, then, you know, there was a high degree of likelihood that you were getting bumped out at, uh, you were getting bumped out at, at, you know, two, three minutes, maybe four minutes. Like, it was pretty bad. Major Choco says when we first logged it at 6.38 p.m. Eastern time, so that's about right, later half of the 6 o'clock hour. It's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, Lord Farquaad says 11.34 uh, European time. That is an hour earlier. That would have been 5.30, right, unless you're in a different time zone. Uh, Long story short, there were some players who were able to get in. Now, I know, uh, Kukar, I'm going to come back to that point here in just a second. Some players were able to get in, and there were a few players that, uh, that you know, was able to maybe play in an extra flash event or potentially maybe able to, to try to knock on somebody's base and pick up a few resources. But I'm here to tell you, the stability of the servers was so bad last night. They weren't in the game much more than, than a couple of minutes at a time. All right. Starbase says people were in raiding for an hour while others couldn't get in. Starbase, that may be true, but they weren't in for a solid hour, I can assure you, okay? Because I was one of the players that was able to get into the game. And the longest I was able to stay into the game until the emergency maintenance launched uh, was about five to six minutes, okay? Uh, Admiral Sakatek says over the entire hour, uh, I'm estimating I had probably 10 minutes of total playtime. That's probably right. That's probably about right. Now, there were some complaints. Kukar, I hear what you're saying. Settle down, buddy. We're going to get to it. 
All right, uh, we're going to get to it. But uh, nonetheless, we were uh, in communication with the, with the live ops and the developers team trying to figure out what was going on and providing information, this and that. And they came out then and announced uh, and gave another announcement, uh, which was uh, a couple of hours later. So, uh, here, oh, let me find it. Here we go. Scopely announcements. Here we go. So they came out then two hours and 20 minutes later with one of – I'm going to argue one of the better, more transparent, um, more detailed communications, I think, than maybe we've ever seen. Uh, I'm not even going to read it because it's long, <laughs> all right, which is great. But they, they gave an explanation of the question uh, of the problem. They uh, told you what decision that they came to, which, by the way, uh, an emergency maintenance was launched. Uh, so that ceasefire could come up, and I was amazed at how many people were were very. Um, I was amazed at how many people were angry about the ceasefire shields. But guys, you got to remember the time of day that it was. Okay, you got to remember the time of day that it was because a lot of the European servers were off to bed. I mean, and even still, it was nine thirty at night on the East Coast. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, you know, family nights, getting the kids in the bathtub or getting them in bed. Maybe they weren't able to play either. So ceasefire shields, that's really the only way that you can get a ceasefire shield is by, is by doing the emergency maintenance, and they did that. Now, um, you, guys are, you guys are giving me some interesting uh, comments here. You mean the one where they blamed Amazon. Um, I didn't interpret it that way, Vita. I didn't interpret it that way. Mastic says the same thing. They blamed a third party. Well, okay, if we need to read it, let's read it. Uh, let's read it. Earlier this evening, we experienced service interruptions because of a communications issue between us and our Amazon servers. Okay? I don't think that sounds like blaming Amazon. If anything, um, it says that there was a service interruption. It could have been their ISP. All right? And it could have just been something in their own hardware rack. Oh, we don't know. Okay, but there was a the long story. What I'm reading here, long story short, is we lost connection. We couldn't stay connected to our game servers at Amazon. Uh, after identifying the problem, we resolved the issues and put the servers into a brief maintenance to finish uh, the fix, finish stabilizing the servers, and apply a ceasefire shield. Players should now be able to log back in and play. Um, to me, that I don't think that sounds like a blame. As a matter of fact, I think that that's a wonderful communication because when have we ever gotten a communication that gave us details of a diagnostic problem? Gregor, I hear you have something you want to say. I can, I can hear you ready to, ready to say it. Go ahead. No, uh, no. I, I, I honestly, I have no idea what their problem was, and sure, that's fine. At least they did say something. They could did. have been Amazon, could have been them, who knows. Yeah, I mean, and it's not inconceivable uh, that it was an ISP problem. It's not even inconceivable that it was Amazon. But the problem, but the point is, it affected their customers, affected their community, and they communicated that, which was great. I'm a hundred percent sure none of us know what the problem was. I would so. agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you guys have no clue. You guys have no idea. Okay. And Vita says communication between uh, between us and Amazon. Everything they use is on Amazon. Okay, fine. That's still, where do you draw your correlation that they're blaming Amazon? All right. If they're ISP, listen, if I'm sitting here right now in my garage in the middle of the country on top of my mountain and uh, I can't log into my Gmail, is it my Gmail's fault? Is Google down or is my ISP offline? Or is my computer I, router I, need to be Everybody rebooted? has downtime, right? Like just last week, Twitter was down for hours. 
if Twitter can go down, why can't Star Trek Fleet Command go down? Everything goes down. Everything, live with yeah, it. everything can happen. Uh, Raxnar says, as a matter of fact, folks, there was an outage yesterday that affected Amazon and Google for approximately 30 minutes. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, speed and general transparency of the messages was better than the T-Mobile outage in the United States a couple of months ago. Could have been a routing issue. Uh, could have been a, a number of different things. Okay, Could have been a number of different things. Um, however, uh, it, it also appeared that it wasn't necessarily the entire game, right? Raxanari was some of their services, and what we have experienced in the community, what it feels like, uh, was that it was some type of um, name server thing. Uh, one of the, you know, like when you log in and you get sorted to your server or whatever, because the servers were up. The servers were functioning. You just couldn't make it to your server. The login server, that's where you guys were getting stuck at like the 60 or 65%. All right. So it doesn't, you know what? And here's the thing. You guys are getting distracted by details. Vita, shush. <laughs> it's not a detail that matters. What I what I what I'm pointing out is that they came out and communicated with us in an extremely timely manner and offered details, transparency, and by the way, protected the the vast majority of their player base by offering a 12-hour ceasefire. I can tell you for I, I can tell you that there were people last night on the official Discord that were upset that they couldn't raid for the night. Huh. But let, I and I, I do understand that point. I'm a big raider, okay? Even how Hal 9000. Hal, come into voice if you'd like. Welcome. Appreciate you being here. And he writes this. Word. For the first time, they did the right thing all across the board. Hal, I appreciate you saying that because I think that that had to have been the mentality that Scopely took when they said, hey, listen, some people can get in, some people can't. It's not fair. The people who can't get in could get raided. Um, let's, just, let's just throw a ceasefire. All right, because by the way, the some of you guys did notice this. Some of you guys were continuing to hammer the authentication servers. I know Snake Eyes, you were one. You told me, hey, uh, and uh, you were able to get back into the game probably ten or fifteen minutes before the emergency maintenance. Right, a lot of you guys were able to get back into the game before the emergency maintenance was launched. And, uh, and the game seemed like it was starting to function a little bit better. The emergency maintenance, folks, was launched for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, they needed to finish whatever it was that they were doing, maybe finish rebooting or reconnecting or solidifying the connection, whatever. But then also the ceasefire. Even Haven, I agree with how well they handled it. Okay, this is good. Guys, this, this is good. Um, and so the ceasefire came out, but it didn't stop there, did it, Gregor? It did not stop there. Let's continue on reading. We apologize for these issues and appreciate your dedication to the game. We are going to be enabling a 24-hour bonus refinery for all of our players starting tomorrow and and providing a compensation chest to players tonight, which will include rewards for missed events. Daggone. Daggone, Gregor. I mean, have we, have we asked for more clear communication, folks? Have we asked for, and I'm going to, for the lack of better words, okay, uh, have we asked for communications that rival those that come from Eve Echoes, okay? Because I, I know that that was my opinion last night. Look at this emergency maintenance message from Eve Echoes here about a month ago. 
All right. They identified a problem. They communicated in detail. They were honest, transparent, straightforward, and offered a communication plan immediately right off the bat. No poops. And I said, guys, let's, let's try it. Let's try it. Let's just see what happens. All right? Be honest. Be transparent. Be detailed. Offer an explanation. That's all your players want. They're not mad. I mean, they're mad they can't get in the game. But if you tell them why, 85% of them go away. 85% just want an explanation. What's going on? And then, on top of that, you offered a compensation plan, which, by the way, I think most people were pretty daggone satisfied with. Most people were pretty daggone happy with that. You guys got a compensation chest, and the smallest one that I've seen, I think, had 19 of each uncommon, or maybe 15 of each uncommon. I remember that was the smallest one. Uh, Gregor, what was yours? I got 30 of each uncommon. Sack Attack says I I got 15 of each. 200 or something. You did not stop. (laughs) Oh, maybe of G4. Yeah, possibly the G4 stuff. Guys, uh, Hal says, Hal, and in case you guys don't remember, Hal 9000 is uh, or was an official moderator uh, almost since the game's beginning. And he says, this is the type of communication we've been begging for since I was a moderator. Vita says, even longer. So even Vita, being critical of the content of the communication, acknowledging that the communication itself was amazing. All right. Starbase says, uh, uh, thanks for, uh, appreciated them being uh, clarifying, clarifying the issue. Porton says the compensation was great. Guys, let's look at your chest. All right. And, and Karkin, I've got your point coming up next. Okay. So hang, hang tight. Okay. The compensation chest Wait, which, was, was good. Uh, sorry, it wasn't Karkin. Who was it? Uh, Kukar. Sorry. The K's names messed me up. Kukar, I got your point coming up right here. Okay. Uh, McNasty says 15 of each and gold stars was mediocre at best. McNasty, let me ask you. The game was offline, literally completely unavailable for less than 10 or 15 minutes. If you were able to log in, then you got a couple of minutes in there. But, but it was less than stable. The beginning of the issue till the end of the issue was three complete hours. Three complete hours, okay? And um, three complete hours. Do you feel that, that more than 45 uncommon was necessary compensation for a three-hour downtime? Because I kind of think as much as you guys complain about the refinery, that sounds to me like it's probably – a day or a day and a half's worth of refines. <laughs> as much as you guys complain about the refinery, I went 17 days with only commons. So if they gave you 45, like you should be, you should. Well, be you can happy, add right? whatever the bonus refinery gives you to the. Exactly. Exactly, because we got a bonus refinery. I heard someone say, "Well, panic lied to us again and said that we weren't going to get a bonus refinery, and here it is." Mm, not exactly. No, he said they used them as apologies. So here you go. Here's your apology. (laughs) That's right. They used them to offset um, stagnation or offset shortcomings in the game. So, all right. Now, McNasty, I will agree with you on this point. He said the gold stars were pointless since everybody got that in the chest and then some people were still able to get the gold stars during the event. That did not adjust the imbalance for the leaderboard. I will agree with you on that particular point. But it gave people who hadn't done anything yet, say, getting home from the day or whatever, 
their chance to do. That's right. McNasty, it did nothing for the leaderboard, but it did complete the solo milestone, which is what's required for progression in the game. Okay, that is the key point that I need to drive home here. They gave you the two gold trophies to allow you complete completion, complete completion (laughs) of the solo milestone. However, there is literally I and by the way, I was in communication with them last night and I suggested one or two ideas about how to possibly adjust uh, the. Uh, the leaderboard, and uh, and those ideas were were described as not feasible. Okay, and 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 so Kukar, this is this is where I'm saying. And Roy, by the way, Snake Eyes, you may have it. I'm not exactly sure if you do or not. Uh, Roy came out and said, "Listen, guys, the leaderboard is one of the most complicated pieces of this whole thing, and unfortunately, we're not going to be able to fix it all." We cannot make it. I mean, he literally came out and said in the official Discord, it is impossible to completely balance this issue for what, for what went wrong because there were two flashes that occurred where some players were able to get in and some were not. Okay, The solo milestones were paid, but the leaderboard position, it's just they said, hey, listen, guys, we're sorry. We're going to do the best we can. We're going to do the best we can, but it is impossible to completely balance the solo leaderboard. And you know what? Again, yeah, have we discussed the changes to the leaderboard yet? Not yet, but we will. All right. Impossible to, to balance the changes of the solo leaderboard. And you know what, Roy? I give you all the props in the world for coming out and admitting that there's a problem and admitting a shortcoming and saying, listen, uh, we're going to do everything we can to make this up to the entire community, but... There is one or two pieces here that we literally cannot make even. We cannot balance it. Okay? We can't balance it. Um, so, the solo leaderboard, yes. One or, a couple of you lost a position or two. All right? So, so be it. I, unfortunately, there's probably no way around that. The good news is, thank you, Kukar, or uh, thank you, uh, uh Thank you. <laughs> like I said, too many K names of Junk Karkin. Uh, they made the changes to the solo leaderboard based on dun, 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 community feedback. They made the changes to the solo leaderboard based on community feedback because, believe it or not, an overwhelming response from the community is, hey, let's make them two days instead of five days, you know, given the one-day break in the middle. Let's split it up. Let's do a two-day. We'll take the one-day break. There's no need to have a solo leaderboard for five whole days. Now, me personally, I disagreed with that. But the, gen- the, the majority population came in and said, okay, we'll make it two days. And Scopely said, okay, sure. All right. Now, they didn't increase payout. Well, actually, they did a little bit. It's a tiny bit. All right. But long, but long and short of it is they took the five-day break. All right. They took the five-day leaderboard, cut it in half, and gave you two independent equal leaderboards. That's what you guys asked for. All right. Now, tequila. <laughs> Don't be silly. Ha- make it split and make it 20 times better. No. All right. The progression, the payout was planned. Okay. That, that was planned. All right, so if you want a shorter time frame, that's what they gave you, and then they just made it half. Is fine. They made it half. Now, guys, here's why maybe in hindsight this was a great idea because now those of you who were affected by last night's outage are not out for the entire week. 
you may have a disadvantage for the event that ends here in about you know 16 hours or whatever but great news you have another opportunity to go hard at it starting on thursday well, with the add-in to the hostiles, they could have made up whatever they lost last night during the downtime. Well, you Not say, like you say, the- yeah. Now let's let's talk about that. Uh, you say that they could have made it up. Okay. Oh, I misunderstood Tequila. So you're saying the split is 20 times better than it was before? Okay, I got you. <laughs> I got you now. All right. But um, you know, listen, I I almost don't mind the split now. I wasn't a fan of it before, but given what happened last night, this kind of proves to me one thing. This proves to me one thing that even if we didn't have a technical glitch, even if we didn't have any technical problem whatsoever, if you a player slept through an alarm clock and missed a burst or two. A, that's your body telling you you need sleep, first of all. Second of all, you're not punished for the week by making one small slip-up. You're only punished for two days. You understand? You have an opportunity to come back, get some rest, come back in, in a day, and try again. You can try again. And that does not ruin your leaderboard position for the entire week. Maybe not a bad plan, community. Maybe not a bad plan. I wasn't a fan of it before, but last night helped me open my eyes. Last night helped me realize that anything can happen, whether it's the game's fault or something in your life, and you don't want to ruin your progress for the entire week, so they broke it up. I think that was a good move. Community, you got that one right. And Scopely, wow, thanks for listening. In real time, with an immediate response. I mean, this was what, a week? Last week versus this week? Great job. Great job. And let's talk about one last thing that they changed. In, an, in a shorter event, in a shorter event, it's much more likely that we do have some people competing heavily that there could have been some ties. There could have been ties in the event. So what did they do? They added a smaller point mechanic to allow, first of all, I mean, I think it would be virtually impossible now to have a tie. I mean, literally, virtually impossible to have a tie. But not only that, there is now a grinder's component, as if there wasn't already. As if getting up 24 hours in a row at the top of the hour wasn't enough for some players. Now you've got other work to do. There's literally unlimited grinding available for you here. How hard do you want to work for it? And guys, we go back to what we talk about with leaderboards in the past, either payers or grinders. Guys, there is literally unlimited grinding available here unlimited grinding but Maztec says this was the best part of the event not having to grind endlessly and it still is because you'll notice how much the gold trophies are worth or the silver or the bronze trophies are worth hundreds of thousands of points in comparison to the red hostels in the armadas all right an, an uncommon armada gets you 2,000 points a gold trophy got you 300,000 points So how many armadas, folks, do you have to do? 150. You got to do 150 armadas to equal one gold trophy. Now, you tell me, where is the priority in this event continue to lie? It continues to lie in the burst events. But 
grinding some reds, getting some armadas could potentially, if you are the person that's going to play 24 or 48 hours in a row, the number of reds and armadas that you can do could earn you the top spot. You're exactly right, Ape. The armadas help you separate from someone close on your heels. It's a difference maker between the top two players uh, competing closely, and you nailed it. This additional mechanic was not meant for 98% of your bracket. It is literally meant for those top three or four spots. That's it. That's it. Mickey the dog says there's cruddy rewards for them outside of the solo events. That's arguable. Mickey, we talked about this on the show uh, towards the beginning of the arc. Some people, uh, depending on what your ops level is, some people have a really good payout there. I am one of them. So that's why I've been trying to find a really good way to compete without killing myself because, uh, for me, the payout is a currency that I need that is impossible for me to obtain in the game. And by that, I mean four-star uncommon parts and materials. That is not available to me in the game at Ops 39. But those rewards are there, and that's what makes this leaderboard so incredibly valuable to me. All right. Now, that is exactly what we talked about in the beginning of the arc, is that it's not valuable to everybody, and everybody needs to recognize that. You need to look at the leaderboard and determine whether or not it's worth it to you and either pass or play. Simple. Okay? Pass or play. Simple. If you decide it's not worth it, then do your burst events, do your solo milestone, and be done. But for other people, it, it is somewhat worth it to try to find a way to place all right, because of the currency that it may be offering. I argue that I believe that the solo leaderboard events are probably, probably, Ripper, I don't know what you think, I feel like probably they get stupid good starting at Ops 39. And, and yeah, Trek Chick says uh, that could be for the bigger players, really. I don't know. It depends, okay? It depends on how many three-star uncommon are available. I know at Ops 36, it's a pretty good little chunk. What is it? Somebody did this for me the other day. Isn't it like 28 or 32 or something like that uncommon? All right. It's not bad. I mean, really. It's not bad. And at 39, it's actually really, really good. But Tequila's got it right. At the end of the day, it is completely voluntary. And, by the way, those board uh, leaderboard op- uh, rewards offer nothing, nothing that is required for progression of your research or your discovery. They offer no spore drive components. They offer no disco recruit tokens, no disco refinery tokens. It is completely 100% optional, and you don't have to do it. And that is the message I've been preaching here. So, so for the small handful of players that got messed up by last night's outage with the leaderboard, I am truly sorry. And I think Roy said it very well, too. He's sorry. But there's, there's just nothing more that can be done to try to balance that other than what they did, which was to interrupt the game, stop the solo leaderboards, which admittedly, some players may have gotten one extra, okay? Some players may have gotten one or two extra bursts than you, and and there was nothing that anybody could do about that. But then they came out and said, hey, listen, we're going to give you this chest, which, by the way, the chest was good for it being a three-hour outage, and and some of you guys got a day's or two days' worth of refines. Not bad. Not bad, Scopely. I think that was a very fair chest for the three hours of downtime that we had. You completed everybody's solo milestones for a 24-hour period. 
All right. So some players who weren't able to get on until the evening time and only maybe had a couple hours to play before they got to go to bed and put the kids to bed and do homework and all this stuff and then get ready for school and work the next day, well, they got their events auto-completed. Okay? So I think that was fair, folks. And then, then they come out and offer what we've all been screaming for for weeks and months and ages on end, a bonus refinery. A bonus refinery. And, hey, listen, I don't, at this point, somebody said, well, great, now we have to spend our materials for their comp. Are you serious? Are you serious? No. You're not spending your materials for their compensation. They're giving you a bonus refinery, which is literally extra above and beyond for the millions of mats that are hanging in your bank that you weren't using anyway. Okay? I mean, all right? Everyone's been crying about a bonus refinery for ages. You've been saving for this moment. Yeah. I mean, and and FYI, if you have not been preparing for a bonus refinery, then shame on you. What what is, hey, just real quick, let's test the loyalty of the Talking Trek audience. What is, for any level, below 39, 39 and below, what is the ideal position of raw materials that you should be holding if you want to max a bonus refinery? Anybody remember? Because I've given it a, a gazillion times. Some of you guys are saying one to two to three million. Uh, you're right. You're right. Two million for the most part. And if, for whatever reason, at some point in the future, we would be lucky enough to get a three-day refinery because we did have that one time in the game. Just, you know, hey. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, scopely. Uh, a f- a, th- a three-day bonus refinery at some point, just, you know, for the heck of it, would be awesome. All right, but if we ever got a three-day bonus refinery back, then you'd probably need to keep about $3 million. Okay? And so, so if you have more than that, then you're set. And if you don't have that much, then you need to try to work there. You need to try to work there because that's the magic point. That is the point of equal reward right there, the, the, the break-even point. That's where you guarantee, that's where you guarantee that you can max out with triple refines on your bonus refinery. All right? And by the way, I'm here to tell you, some people say that their bonus refinery doesn't pay. Look at Snake Eyes. Bonus refinery is way worse than my regular refinery. Yeah, but, but it is still extra so you talk about time of progression and you talk about all the overflow of materials that you've got you said the odds per material spent is still bad all right well i would argue that okay i would argue that because mine paid out pretty daggone good all right uh chick says i like it because it's only uncommon and rare all right, no comments. Take a look at some of these. Bombastic got 83 crystal on th- on a triple pull. Here's 60 crystal on a triple pull. Here's another triple pull. 76 gas plus 4 rare on a triple pull. Um, here's 6 rare with 30 uncommon on a double pull. Okay. Uh, here's 85 rare and 12. I'm uh, sorry, 85 uncommon and 12 rare on a triple pull. So um, Vita says still a waste considering the amount and I will still do single or doubles. And here's why I argue that mentality, Vita. And I've said this, and Omar is saying it right now. I get less from the triple pull refinery. Guys, there, mathematically, mathematically, there's no way that you actually get less. Now, is it, is it more expensive? 
Yes, you're spending 150000 versus 24000 So, yes, it is probably wildly more expensive. And my argument is this. You have the materials anyway. You have the materials anyway. If you've got more than $3 million in your bank, why? What are you going to do with all that raw? Spend it when you have an opportunity to get a bonus because you could be like Lotta Hool right here who got just lucky beyond their wildest imagination and did a triple pull and got 111 crystal. 111, folks. Goodness gracious. Okay, you, you listen, it is still RNG. I agree. It's still RNG. And yes, it is more expensive per uncommon. But it, let me ask you a question. If you need the uncommon for your ship upgrade and you're one of the players that has, that has griped and yelled and gnashed their teeth about progression, how they don't make it available to you, all right, and now it's available, but you're saying, oh, whoa, whoa, what? That's a little pricey. That's a little pricey. You know what? I think I'm going to wait for a better deal. I know, yes, I know I've got $10 million raw in the bank. And I know that there's nothing else in the game I can spend it on. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it. I'm going to hoard it. I'm going to hang on to it. Because, you know, the bonus refinery mechanic hasn't changed in two years. But just in case, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to hoard it all. Guys. Now, Haven says you could keep it for war. Well, Haven, possibly, but we've done episodes on this show. My alliance has been at war for literally like ever since I joined them. I don't miss my dailies. And, and that, you know, that is arguable for some players, but there's ways to, to mine your dailies. Okay? Yeah, there's ways to mine your dailies and still be able to get what you need mining. So, guys, just saying, hey, I, <laughs> you'll never, ever hear me complain about a bonus refinery, and, and I, I wish that I could share with you the broader vision of what the bonus refinery is. Listen, we have already been told it's not going to happen monthly. We wanted it monthly. They said no. It's not going to happen monthly. It's going to happen when they feel like it. So you need to be ready for it. You need to be ready for it, and you need to be ready to spend on it. And, and again, I know that it's more expensive. But if you – listen, if you've only got 500000 raw in the bank, then maybe you can't afford to do triples. If you've got $2 million or more, there is absolutely no reason, no reason that you should not be doing triples. And Omar says, today my bonus refinery was a letdown. It gave me less. Yes, that's possible. That's possible. It is still RNG. It is possible. But I'm here to tell you, with a 24-hour bonus refinery, we're going to get three pulls, folks. And I guarantee those three pulls are going to be mo- – I guarantee it. I will bet anybody tacos that your bonus refinery over the next 24 hours pays out more than your regular refinery in terms of uncommon. Plain and simple, 100%. You will not convince me otherwise, and I dare anybody to try document everything timestamps, screenshots and i will literally buy you a taco if your regular refinery pays out more overall than your bonus refinery okay plain seems kind of just like a consolation prize what i lost all this no the tacos are great but it's like <laughs> you, you just lost tacos. all to win that you had to have the crappiest refined possibilities ever <laughs> <laughs> well the good news is maybe people will start to pay attention to it now 
maybe people will pay attention to it now and realize that the bonus refinery may not be quite as bad as you think. I triple dog dare you, Colmack. <laughs> he says triple dare him, DJ. I triple dog dare you. Triple dog dare. Okay? So uh, there you go. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's take a very quick break. I've got some teaching to do today. I do have some teaching to do today. And uh, let me wrap up this segment. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll give you guys two minutes. Two minutes. Uh, Scopely, here's my wrap up. Your communication last night was beautiful. In, my, in Ultimate DJ's opinion, and I'm going to let the community share here in just a second, from the perspective of Ultimate DJ's, who, by the way, was not only in the community, but also sitting in a virtual conference room with you guys last night, I think you did a great job. I think the communication is exactly what the majority of the community needed and or wanted. The compensation plan was appropriate, probably more than fair, but definitely fair and, and I mean, definitely welcomed, and we appreciate that as well. I think that Roy did a great job last night, and FYI, um, it, it Roy happened to be the one that was on call last night. A lot of you guys really, really praised Roy. And not that it's not deserved. Roy did a phenomenal job last night. Phenomenal job last night advocating for the players. And FYI, I saw it. I saw it with my own eyeballs. Okay? Roy did a great job, but it wasn't just Roy. There was a whole team working for you guys last night. And yes, folks, you need to hear what I'm saying because some of you guys have said that Roy is our hero. Yeah, Roy's Roy's one of them. But I'm telling you, the culture is changing. And I I can't exactly put my finger on it because I I feel like they've been doing a great job over the last six months. All right. But I'm telling you, they they are trying to get better. Leela, that's right. Thank you, Snake Eyes. Leela was here last night. Leela was in the official Discord. Roy was in the official Discord. And there were and there were more of them, probably two to three more that I saw in in you know that were actively working last night. Guys, there was a team working for you, and Roy was on call to to be the one to come into the community. Roy, you did a great job, but it didn't stop with you. Leela, you did a phenomenal job, and I know it didn't stop with you. The rest of you guys who have not yet made your names public, you guys did a great job. And I sure hope that the community start, is seeing your, your hard work and your effort at being more responsive to your community. All right? Um, you guys did a great job, and I saw it, and I'm going to tell the community to take my word for it, okay? Roy was front and center last night, but it wasn't just his call, all right? He was front and center, and you guys are loving on Roy, but there was a whole team working for you last night. There was a whole team that wanted to do the ceasefire or do the emergency maintenance just to get you the ceasefire to protect you guys overnight. They did a phenomenal job. Hydra says they handled it very, very well. Kalmick says, Roy, did you ever know that you're my hero? Okay. (laughs) Kukar says, you guys did a great job. I'm still mad about the event, and I'm trying not to be, but I understand you did the best you could. All right. You guys, I I appreciate you guys showing the love and showing the support. You should do that. Starbase, you have a very valid point. And I'll wrap up with this and then give you guys some floor time for two or three minutes. Starbase says, last night, DJ, shows why they can't play jokes on us yet. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. I'm with you. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry I ever brought that up. Sorry I ever brought that up. But uh, agreed. Okay. Uh, You guys have the floor. Gregor, uh, I know that you were were experiencing downtime last night. Do you have any comments? Do you have any questions or concerns? Or the rest of the community, feel free to read your comments or come into voice. You guys go ahead. Is Roy related to Roy Rogers? 
<clears throat> yeah. And are we sure it's not Wah? They're one and the same. <laughs> one and the same. Roy Rogers is Roy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you have beat this horse bloody, so I have nothing to add. Well, I, I think that it was Panic likes to joke with us all the time. Remember the time he pushed the merger button, told us there was a merger coming? Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> I wish I could say that was also a joke. Uh, Scaly says they did the right thing in a very timely fashion, and I agree. And, and yeah, I probably did beat the horse a little harder than I should have, but I felt that last night's actions were, were deserving of praise. And really, honestly, guys, I think the official Discord recognized that too. As toxic as that place is, there were actually a lot of people last night that were very pleased and and happy to see Roy uh, make his announcement and, and Leela answering questions. I think they did a great job last night. Did very, very good. Um, anybody else have any questions? Anybody else have any questions? Okay. In that case, we're going to take a very quick break. When we return, we got some teaching to do tonight. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, PvP strategy. We've been talking over the last several weeks about PvP. The biggest outcry from the community has been, I cannot play when there's a PvP event because I'm a free-to-play and there's too many bullies on my server. Well, here's what I'm going to do for you today. Today, we are going to teach you how to be effective. I am literally going to give you 100% of the strategy necessary for you to complete any and all activities in this game, even if you are complete free-to-play, even if you are millions underpowered, even if you are being hunted all the live-long day. I promise you and guarantee you, if you follow my teaching, you will complete 100% of your dailies every single day, regardless of war or not, okay? That comes up right after the break. My name is Ultimate DJs, a big claim coming up and explained right after this break. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. We'll return in a moment. This program is made possible in part by a grant from the Federated Tobacco Growers, who remind you, if smoking doesn't pick up soon, we're going to have to replant all our fields with spinach. And you wouldn't want that, would you? Okay, as you know, the bosses want us to pick out the next sexy Halloween costume. Isn't Halloween canceled because of corona? In some towns, yes, but there's still places where nobody takes precautions, like the White House. Is there a sexy Tiger King costume? They made one for Carol Baskin, but the one for her husband went missing. (laughs) I see what you did there. what's the other guy's name? The crazy one. Joe... Biden? The other crazy one. Joe Exotic. Yeah. They have one for him. Ooh, the Disney streaming app is big right now. How about Sexy Toy Story? I think they've done it. Plus, everything is sexy when you have a Buzz and a Woody, am I right? (laughs) What's something everybody's doing these days? Fighting over the election. Fighting isn't sexy. I vote no. But what about a sexy ballot? That's not bad, but you gotta make it extra skimpy. Of course, it's all about the poll numbers. (laughs) All right, you two, get to work. That's it? I had other Disney ideas, like Sexy Frozen. Let it go. Oh, 
everybody. Sing along. I know you want to do the dance. Here you go. Come on. I am dancing. I can't help it. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. It's almost Halloween, you guys. It's literally almost Halloween. we got to play Halloween music now through the end of the month. We've only got, what, two or three shows left, Gregor? So, yes, it's got to be Halloween music. I'm sorry. That is what it is. It's going to be that way. I love Halloween. Halloween's one of my favorites. It is. Welcome back. How is that a Halloween song, though? Uh, it's all about, I mean, it's the crazy, you know, Night, of the, Night of the Walking around. Dead. Yeah, it's the, the video, not really. the music. I mean, but it even, it talks about, you know, okay, hold on, let's fast forward, let's fast forward. It's a, it's a horror story. It's a scary story. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the hallmark Halloween songs, Gregor. What's wrong with you, man? I don't know. Just asking. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome back for break, everybody. My name is Ultimate DJs. Welcome to Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. Um, yeah, it, technically, it's not a thriller. It's a horror. You're right, Praetor 5. And, uh, and it is ha- almost Halloween, so we are going to enjoy some Halloween music uh, over the next episode or two, uh, just kind of get you guys in the spirit. Anybody excited about Halloween this year? Anybody doing anything special uh, aside from, like, the normal? Anybody have any, like, one-in-a-million-years costume ideas or anything like that that you want to share with the, with the world? Anybody doing anything cool? Gregor, what are you going to dress up as for Halloween? Chuck from accounting. Chuck? Billy. Billy from accounting? Or Chuck? I have no idea who Chuck is. I'm just going to wear a name tag that says Chuck. (laughs) There you go. You're going to wear a name tag that says Chuck. Uh, Listen, I've had this idea for a couple of years. My wife doesn't like this idea. My wife does not like this idea. I want to do this idea. I've wanted to do this for almost a decade. I want to dress up as, uh, as like a Duracell battery. And I want her to dress up in uh, as like a salt shaker, so that we can be assault and battery. Yeah, yeah, c- come on, assault and battery. Is that not awesome? I think that's great. I want to do that. Oh, come on. Yes, it is as bad as my news. That's why I want to do it. That's exactly why I want to do it. It is so corny, so cheesy, and I love it. It's a gr- thank you. That was a platinum dad joke. All right. Uh, yes, and Snake Eyes post our job advertisement. Still looking for a full-time joke writer. No pay, no benefits. Inquire within. Uh, there you go. Yeah, my wife doesn't want to do it because she also says that it's very, very lame. All right, so she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't want to do it. I think assault and battery is great. Come on, Gregor. Assault and battery? That's really good. Yeah? I love it. Thank you. I think it's all. You have to make sure you're standing in the right order next to the other. <laughs> it makes me laugh. I'm seriously, it makes me laugh. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. You it's... would break out laughing before you had a chance to tell the people. I know. Like, oh, he just does. Oh, uh, look at this. Somebody, get over here. Somebody would ask where we are, and I couldn't get it out. I mean, seriously, assault and battery. I think, I think that's phenomenal. Oh, fine. You guys don't like it. Whatever. I love I it. It's great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anyway, folks, listen, before the break, uh, let me gather myself here for a second. Woo-hoo-hoo. Ooh. 
assault and battery. <laughs> All right. I got the giggles. We're stopping. Okay, guys, uh, PVP strategy. I put it in the show announcement. We're going to talk about it. All right, one of the biggest, most resounding things that we've heard in the community over the last several weeks is uh, from from the perspective of, and I, I'm not, uh, again, we've, we've talked about this kind of divide, and, and I decided on the last show, because we got very emotional, right? Especially me. I got very emotional on the last show, uh, and I decided this week after talking with Gregor and Snake Eyes both that, that um, it would be wise, it would be wise for us to to come back and remember why we're here. Remember why we have a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Remember why we have almost 50,000 downloads of this podcast. It's because we teach. It's because we explain mechanics. And, and I decided, I told Snake Eyes, I said, I really want to get back to that. So what can we talk about this week? He was like, how about where it, where it started? Okay, why not, why not go back to the players who say that they cannot uh, complete their dailies? The players that say that they that they feel outmatched and outgunned by bigger players to the point where they cannot play, to the point where they feel bullied. Let's go and talk to that segment. And you know what? It was a brilliant idea, a brilliant idea, because those are the players who we have said, hey, listen, maybe get with us after the show and we can help you do something better. We can, we can help you uh, do this activity easier and faster and better so that you're not going to die. Okay, uh, Snake Eye says, "Welcome to boot camp. If we ain't ranting, we ain't training. Oh, if it ain't raining, we ain't training." I thought you said ranting because I, I ranted last week and I didn't mean to. So, guys, let's let's talk a little bit about this. Okay, <clears throat> and let me pull up. I'm going to pull up uh, very quickly my list because I made a I made a list. Oh, where it is? Here it is. All right, I got a list, and I want to go through this and and at the same time, uh, veterans. This is your opportunity to share your experiences, all right? Because I would hazard a guess that most of you guys can hear Gregor's voice. You can hear what Gregor has talked about with his play style. And I think you can certainly ascertain that he is one of the most powerful players in the game, yet has a kind and gentle soul, is not a bully, plays within an ROE, uh, and, and does not hassle or impede players on his server. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how you can compete if you do potentially find yourself on the other end of a griefers target list. All right, because I will be the first to admit this game has griefers. I know it happens. Okay, I know that it exists and I'm not trying to disavow that it exists, but you can be effective against those players. I am uh, I am currently at war with an alliance who has an incredibly strong for level 48. He's got a very powerful ship. But Gregor, I've told you about his Newton. It's, uh, what, 18 million or something? There, I, I stand no chance. Me, personally, could take all five ships that I have, my five most powerful ships, and I am never, ever going to take out that ship. And this goes back to your point that you were talking about with shipyard-level PvP banding, which is another initiative I'm going to continue to try to push for. But you had specifically mentioned that the power disparity is too wide. If he was playing with his Enterprise, I could potentially take it out. Maybe with my Enterprise, my Augur, and my Jelly, I could maybe get it. But that Newton, I stand no shot. No chance, right? And that's been your argument all along, is that we need to try to find ways to even the playing field. And so what I'm going to tell you here today, folks, is that if Scopely 
does not, want not, or cannot, I am still going to teach you how you can. And we're going to begin today uh, with uh, all different areas of PVP protection. PVP protection, folks. If you're a player that, that finds it difficult to get things done when you're being hunted, then here you go. All right? Let's start with uh, armadas. We're going to start with armadas. Uh, I had a wonderful conversation with a player on my own server the other day that said, golly, two armadas started and two discoveries came in and disrupted it. All right? That's going to be – that's tough. That's tough. I understand that that can be frustrating, but guys, there are ways to prevent that. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, My alliance, and I'm going to probably uh, upset my admiral because I'm going to spill a few secrets here today, but I think that these are great protection ideas. So let me ask you guys first. If you are being hunted, if you're being hunted, where do you think in a system that you should start your armada? Should you start your armada near a leading edge? Should you start it in the center? Should you start it at the far edge? Where do you guys think you should start an armada? All depends where you enter the zone. All de- well, th- that's kind of what I mean. Take a look at the entry points. Where do you start? At an, at an entry point edge? At the far edge of the system? Uh, some people are saying in the middle. Um, what, what do you guys think? There's a couple of different, op- uh, a couple of different opinions coming here. Truck and Chick says in the middle, Praetor 5. the farthest from the entry is, yeah. The farthest from the entry. And middle if there's multiples. Okay. there. Yeah, that's a good point. Middle if there's multiples. Far furthest edge from all the entries, says Tabby Moza. There's actually two... Closest entrance to the system. Uh There's actually two uh, schools of thought on this. There's two schools of thought. I'm going to explain both of them. All right. Somebody says the furthest from an entry point, and I don't disagree. That's going to give you the most warning time, right? It's going to give you the most warning time, but it also gives your enemies the most heads-up time on where your armada is going to be. For example, and this is going to be tough for some people, uh, but let's take a look at Mudmata Uncommons. Mudmata Uncommons, all right? Those, uh, we get enough, every player... If they're doing their refines, can earn four uncommon mudmatas every five days. That's a fair amount of directives that are being pumped into the galaxy. If you guys got 50 active players, guys, that's, uh, what is that, 20, 250? Uh, yeah, 250 armadas every five days that you can run. That's a lot of armadas that your team can do. So there's a couple of different schools of thought here. Uh, one school of thought is to, yes, be a little bit wasteful and run decoys. Start one or two or three at the same time and see where your enemies go. Yeah, that sounds crazy, right? That sounds crazy because how do you staff all of them? Well, you kind of wait. You wait for a minute, okay? You wait for a minute and see where your enemies are going to go and then go to a different one. You hear what I'm saying? All right, so run a decoy or two. And with those decoys, they can be pretty much anywhere in the system. Now, regarding the far edge of the system, the reason that one would argue against that is if it is the far edge of the system, then you've got a minute, right? You're impulsing across the system for about a minute. So, you you know, they're going to know. They're going to know where you're going if you give them that much lead time. The other argument is do it by a leading edge, 
and time your warps to show up at the last second. And by the way, when I say the last second, I don't mean the last second. Don't forget, you got a 10-second timer where you got to be in the circle and idle. So for me, for example... For me, for example, I take a look at my estimated warp time, A. B, I make sure it's right because I warp, cancel, and then reset the timer and look to make sure that it's accurate. And I start 20 seconds ahead of my scheduled warp time. So, for example, if my warp timer says 3 minutes and 10 seconds, when there's 3 minutes and 30 seconds left on the Armada timer, I start my warp. Why? Why do I want to be there 20 seconds early? Well, I'm not going to be there 20 seconds early. I'm not going to be there 20 seconds early because I got a five-second warp charge, a five-second warp charge, and just in case I have to deviate my, my impulse path in any way, shape, or form, I'm going to buy myself an extra second or two. Okay? Tavi Moses says you should always time your warps regardless of where you start the Armada when at war. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. If you show up at 10 seconds, as Colonel Sam says, if you show up at 10 seconds, you will not get in. That's why I say do 20. And five is going to be tied up with a warp charge. That gives you 15 seconds to get there. 15 seconds to get there. All right? And you've got a five-second buffer because if you're not in there, all right? And Blue Mandalorian says, gosh, we try to give it 12 seconds. And you're right. I'm saying 15. All right? You must be stopped. Not even in the circle, but stopped in the circle with no more than 11 seconds left on the clock or you are not in. Now, some of you guys are saying, how do you determine the entry level of uh, the entry points of the system? Well, that's, that's actually a relatively easy one, but a good question. If you're in that system, if you're looking at your armada, click on Galaxy View. Click on Galaxy View and see how many pads there are into the system. The great news is, for example, if you're in Mudmata space, if you're in Alpha, Beta, Delta, or Gamma, there's one entry point. Only one. If you're in Alpha, it is around 10 o'clock. If you're in Beta, it's around 2 o'clock. If you're in Delta, it's, uh, what, about 4 or 5 o'clock. And if you're in Gamma, it's about 7 or 8 o'clock. Okay? you can uh, determine where your entry points are. And, and depending on what your alliance wants to do, like I said, there's two good strategies here, but you have to adopt one and stick with it. Now, Tequila says, have Disco Summons ready. There's two reasons you'd want to do that. Two reasons that you'd want to do that if you can. And again, I'm talking to the group of players who probably doesn't have that yet, Tequila. But if you do, not a bad idea to have that loaded with the Stamets crew just in case you do get taken out and potentially you would have enough time to get back. Let's say you don't time your warp and you show up a minute early and someone gets you. All right. First of all, if that happens, most likely he's gotten the rest of your team and you're done. All right. But if somebody on your team was doing what they should have been doing and bringing a guard ship, then they might have taken out your attacker, and now you just got to get back there. So Disco Summons could be a good thing. Could be a good thing. But that brings up my next point. Have fighters ready if you're at war. Okay? You should never, ever, ever, ever show up to an armada with just one ship. Never. I know that this game is all about 
um, multitasking and doing multiple things at once. But, guys, there are some things that you and, – and you have to adjust your play style. There are some things that you got to do, all right? We're at war. We're at war. We're always at war. So I actually don't do a lot of multitasking. I do tend to focus on one or two activities, even though I've got five ship docks. I tend to focus on one or two activities at the most at any one given time so that I can protect myself. And how do I do that? I bring decoys. And listen, all right, I'm not going to kill that level 48 Newton, but I can tie him up. Let's pretend for a second that that level 48 Newton pops in on your armada. Let's pretend you're at the leading edge, so you got very little time to... to react all right and if you're all the way across the system well you've got more time to react and and by the way i might even modify this slightly if you have high-powered defenders if you have high-powered defenders if you've got a good team that's going to bring good warships then the leading edge may be okay i might even go so far as to say that if you cannot defend yourself in pvp then you need to buy yourself as much warning time as possible, right? So to be at a far edge may be better for a smaller alliance, and here's why. Here's why. If you show up to a Mudmata, you've got your Stella there, right? Some of you may have a second Stella, so bring it, all right? Uh, most of you probably have three to four ship docks. Agree? All right? Three to four ship docks. So if you've got one Stella... Uh, maybe you've got a second Stella, maybe. Maybe you put a Sally with a PvP crew in one of those spots, maybe. And then in that last spot, a cheap, easy-to-repair, sacrificial lamb. Maztec says, I kind of like the Far Edge theory, leaving some ships in the middle and the edges to hit incoming enemies. He says, drop your Stella in first. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with that, Maztec. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you are at a far edge doing your armada, the Botany Bay is one of my favorite. And by the way, the Botany Bay will reach all, all of outlaw exchange space. There's not a system it can't get to. Why would I take a Botany Bay, DJ? That's stupid. It has no firepower. It can't do an armada. Uh, no. It is a slowdown it is so incredibly fast, it's going to slow down my enemies. It's cheap to repair, and I can... Think about this, guys. Think about this for just a second. If every one of you... if You know, yeah, Vemet on a Botany Bay, great idea. Guys, think about this for a second. If you run a five-man team, and each of your five players brought one Stella and two Botany Bays, that means you have ten guard ships... All right, and when I say guard ships, they ain't gonna we- they ain't gonna beat anybody in PvP. Sack attacks got it right. You're gonna give your opponent a flat tire. You're gonna slow them down. I'm here to tell you, if you show up to an armada with ten botany bays, and by the way, if you load Vemet on one of those botany bays, then it's like having three, right? So now you can you can deliver fifteen attacks. On your enemy. Somebody do the math. It takes six to seven seconds to engage a target. If you hit that target 15 times, you have tied them up for 105 seconds. All right? Now, 
chances are they may not show up with only one ship to disrupt your armada. So now you've got extra ships to help absorb all of those. And this is why we say time your ships, guys, because even if he only brings one ship, even if your attacker only brings one ship, that's only 105 seconds. It's a minute and a half. Okay, and if he brings two ships, then you've cut that time in half. 45 seconds. That's all the lead time you've got. So you still want to try to time your ships to show up at the right time. But, uh, yeah, if if you have summons, Sakatak says, you could summons your Rialta. All right, that would be expensive. Okay, (laughs) it would be expensive, but you could do it. All right. Folks, the point is that you can slow them down so that you can finish your armada, and that is the point. It right? doesn't matter if you die in the armada. It doesn't matter if you die after the armada. That guy was coming to disrupt you, meaning beforehand you were going to die anyway. At least now if you slow him down, you can still obtain your goal. But it all comes down to a couple of key factors. Where are you going to place the armada? Are you going to time your people to come in? Are you going to bring guard ships? And by the way, it shouldn't just be five of you. shouldn't just be five of you. Your team should be helping shoulder the load on defense. Five players may be playing, but five or ten additional players should be bringing guard ships. And then you guys rotate through to make sure everybody gets their armadas. All right? Armadas are arguably, arguably, the easiest things to complete at war. I know some people don't agree with that. Some people are going to say, I am out of my daggone mind. I disagree a thousand percent. My team is highly effective at armadas when we follow the plan. (laughs) When we get lazy and just show up and don't send guard ships. And by the way, pay attention. Watch. Okay? You can't send a ship and then go grind reds on another screen. You got to watch. Okay? And Armadas, by the way, can be, as Spock says, they can be some of the best PvP in the game, the most fun, if you can do it right. If you can properly defend yourself, I'm I'm here to tell you, 1,000%. If you have a griefer, like a true guy who wants to mess you up, there's, I I don't know, Gregor, this is my opinion, because we, we have a player on our server that's not universally liked, all right? But when we successfully defend against him, I usually get a message. Well played. I mean, usually. If you guys have somebody that likes to step on throats, for example, there is a minor possibility that you earn his respect by successfully posing a challenge for him. Gregor, if somebody was successfully able to hold you off. You're a level 48, 49 now? I don't even know. If somebody was... Go ahead. If anybody was successfully able to stall you so that you could not interrupt or not complete your goal of disruption, what's the first thought that goes through your head? Are you thinking, ooh, I'm going to grind them in the dust? Or are you thinking, wow. No, I don't really do that, so I don't really... Uh, yeah, it's not a thing. But, yeah, no, that would be a sign of a good player, right? If they can ah. compensate for a power difference with skill. Ah, a sign of a good player. Respect. 
All right, now Blue Mandalorian says getting a griefer's respect is not high on my to-do list. I understand that, Blue. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not saying you should be catering to that player. But that player is coming for you anyway. Now, what if you consistently and effectively stop him? Is he going to continue trying to grief you? Or is he going to decide maybe eh, they know what they're doing. They're, you know, they're not really worth it. I mean, I'm not going to be able to anyway. I could take four ships. At, by God, look. Look at the system right now. They got 45 Botany Bays in there. They got 45 Botany Bays. There's no way I'm getting through that. They're going to open a ticket with Scopely. <laughs> There's too many Botany Bays here. 45 Botany Bays is better than, than the 42 Botany Bays that I own. That's not fair. No, guys, I, I'm just saying there is a way, Okay. And maybe, maybe you make him mad. But who cares if you make him mad if you actually effectively stop him? Okay? And by stop him, I don't mean kill him. Thank you, Snake Eyes. I mean accomplish your goal. Finish the armada. Get your loot. Don't waste your objectives. Okay? Super easy. Armada defense. Okay? Armada defense. Take cheap ships. Stop them. Time yourself, get to the goal, and, and go with it, all right? And, and for the record, this is equally as effective on if you start an armada at an entry point if you are going to use the decoy system. <clears throat> if you're going to use the decoy system. If you are not going to run decoys, then leading edge is tough because just as quickly as you can warp in, they can surprise you too. You just got to be careful, okay? You just got to be careful, <clears throat> all right? Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, somebody had just mentioned this. Just It's the same principle as uh, real to base defense. Let's talk about rating. Let's talk about base defense. All right? Because I think base defense is some of the best PvP in the game. That's me personally. I love that PvP. All right? Uh, and, and if I've got players on that planet uh, that are trying to stop me, which happens consistently, <laughs> I, I am sad. For the crew of my Rialta. My Rialta, you know, I do no favors for my kill-death ratio, Gregor, when I'm trying to raid a base with somebody on the planet. I do no favors for that statistic because <laughs> my Rialta will die hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. Folks, I will sacrifice my Rialta. Uh, for, okay, let, let's do this. So there's a base, and let's say you pour it in and you get the worst spot on the planet. You get the spot on the planet that is complete opposite of your target. Complete opposite of your target. All right, it's worse. You got a five-second impulse just to get there. Okay? Two things uh, that I do. First of all, tequila, you got it right. I load up a Rialta. Is that the only bullet that I load? Nope. It is not. Here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I do. I load my raiding ship, which I am going to try to start with my Antares because it's got a much larger, car, much larger cargo. And I run Pan and Rima, or Pan and Synergy, one side. And then I run Ston because I still want those big scoops if I can do it. Okay? So I run Pan and one-sided Synergy plus Ston on my biggest raiding ship. That's how I start. Okay? Because that Antares is still going to move pretty quick. However... Is it faster than a Vidar? Nope, sure isn't. So my miner is still susceptible. That's right, Kukar. The, <coughs> the Vidar can still get you. <coughs> All right. So in another ship slot, 
I load a Rialta. I do not put my, sp- my claw crew on the Rialta. The Rialta is pretty daggone fast. I load a second ship, not even the Botany Bay, not yet, Sack Attack. I load a second suicide ship. I load an Orion Corvette, which, by the way, completely destroyed is still a free repair. All right, when I say free, it costs like 100 steel, and uh, it's less than five minutes. And the Orion Corvette is the one that I load with claw and full synergy. And the reason I do that is because it's a battleship and it's a little slower. So I've got the Rialto that's fast as the Dickens, and I've got now a pretty daggone fast Orion Corvette. Both of them are free. Ooh, some of you guys scrapped your Orion Corvettes? Ooh. Yeah, see, I, I, I would never recommend that. Never recommend that. All right. Now, NC, you've got my backup plan there. You say, well, I run a Botany Bay with Pan and Ston, small cargo, but it can't be caught. You're right about that, and, and that's my backup plan. So, guys, here, here's, here's what happens. Here's what happens. I send out the Orion Corvette to distract the attacker. Then I immediately send my miner to attack the base. As soon as my Orion Corvette dies, I send my Rialta to re-engage the attacker while I recall my miner. I bet you I have a 95% success rate one-on-one. One-on-one. Now, here's the next piece. Hopefully, you're not being a selfish tool, and if you've got a good base to raid, you've got your team involved. You've got your team there, and they also have their targets. Okay? So this is kind of where you you get into it and say, listen, we need to coordinate a little bit. I'm going to take player XYZ. You take player ABC. You take player LMNOP. All right? And keep them tied up. All right? Keep them tied up with the Rialta. Keep them tied up with the Orion Corvette. And I'm here to tell you, 5%, they're going to land a shot. But, guys, that's still a very profitable raid for you. A very profitable raid for you. NC says, if you fill the system up with ships and it'll lag out so hard that PvP becomes impossible too. You know, uh, I have always found this, though. The Rialta and the Orion Corvette, it's going to engage. Like, even if that ship tries to move, they're so daggone quick, they're, they're gonna, it's going to engage. All right? Those ships are worth it. And, and if you don't have an Orion Corvette, you need to go all the way back down to level 5 space and you need to grind the blueprints to get another. You need two completely free ships to be able to repair and do this effectively. Either that, or you better have really quick thumbs so that you can repair that Rialta immediately and redeploy the attack. Lord Farquaad says, I use the Fortunates. Okay, and that's cool. The Fortunates a little bit slower, a little bit slower than the Orion Corvette. All right, but if I'm not mistaken, it is still a free repair, so not a bad thing, but the Fortunates are a little bit slower. Okay. <laughs> Hi, LMNOP. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I, I did. I just said everyone should attack you. Um, so here's, here's the thing. All right. If you keep those players tied up, they cannot hit your survey ships. Now, let's say that you're outnumbered. Let's say you're outnumbered. Let's say that some other players show up. 
All right. One of two things is going to happen. Boaz says this is going to make the system line up and others will come looking for PVP also. And they tend to be going after the warships. Not wrong, Boaz. And the sooner you can get that system to light up, if your planet is full, listen, the first thing you need to do, folks, the first thing, if it's your raid, fill the planet. Fill the planet. I don't care. Listen, if your teammates aren't going to raid, if they literally just say, oh, hey, I just checked in for a second. I got your Discord notification. Where do you need me to go? All right? Just fill the planet. What you do is you make it impossible for your defenders, for your opponents to bring a, a, a large number of ships. Because if they can't be on the planet, then they are there being tied up by Rialtas and Orion Corvettes and Fortunates. And if they do have a ship that you can kill, you can kill it and send them all the way back to where they came from. Fill the planet. Of course, the Disco negates that a little bit. It does, but, I mean, you know, that can get expensive for somebody. That can get that could get expensive for somebody. And, and yes, it could still happen. But you are still invincible if you keep the Rialta bomb mentality first and foremost in your head. The key to a raid like this, guys, is slow and steady wins the race. Slow and steady wins the race. You cannot, at the sacrifice of timing, put your survey ship out there before your sacrificial ship is ready and engaged. It might take a little bit longer. It might take a little bit more time, but you've got to follow a pattern and you have to make sure that you stick to the plan all right here's another one you got to be really careful communicate with your teams it would be ideal if a if a base is being defended heavily then you need to set up a rotation because we all know what happens when you attack a base and and the timing is off and another attacker is already attacking the base and then you sit idle on the base right like, if you, if you go and you click attack, you might then end up sitting idle on the base for a second, and that's all it takes for somebody to target your ship and take out your, your survey. Okay? You will die. If that happens, if you, if you attack and you see your teammate attack it before you, you need to immediately recall and start your cycle over again. Recall, protect the miner because it's typically more expensive to repair. Repair your Rialta, repair your Orion Corvette, and start again. Timing is everything. You've got to rotate your hits so that nobody is exposed. So that nobody's exposed. However... Snake Eyes says even miners are cheap, which is why dying 5% of the time is not the end of the world. Push on, my friend. Push on and finish the raid. Push on and finish the raid. But you will die a couple of times. Burn Like Ice says it's hard to do with lots of people raiding, but you got to remember, this particular... You're right, all right? But if you have a planet where 13 of the base slots are yours... I'm here to tell you, you're not going to have any trouble at all defending that raid. If 13 out of the 16 base slots are yours and you got that many people raiding, then you're not worried about too many oncoming attackers. All right? Because you've got 13 players there Rialta bombing the crap out of anybody who happens to be there. Maztec, you got it right. You are only screwed if you cannot hold the planet. And guys, that is wartime strategy 101. You have to control the territory. You have to control the planet. You have to control the system, whatever. We've talked about this a dozen times in various forms or another. 
Control of the space means everything. Control of the space means everything. All right. Cawthorn says, what is the defense? You mean if people are tying you up with Rialta bombs? (coughs) Excuse me. If people are tying you up with Rialta bombs, then your goal is to over uh, overpower and 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 outquantify their ships. If they are targeting ship A and ship B with the number of Rialta bombs that they're throwing on you, then load um, a Sally with a speed crew. Uh, by the way, a Sally with a speed crew will take out any G three or lower minor in the game for the most part. For the most part, not all of them, but, you know, pretty, pretty daggone lot of them, all right? An interceptor, essentially. Sally, Gladius, uh, Vidar, okay? An interceptor with a speed crew and just go after their miners. I'm here to tell you, though, and, and yes, you could bomb their bases. That's going to slow them down, okay? But I'm here to tell you, to be truthful with you, if a team is on the planet raiding your team's base, if they exercise any strategy at all, they're going to win because that favors those players. But you can successfully defend. If you have some high-value or high-powered players, they're going to start cracking bases. I know that when I'm, uh, when I'm there uh, and I'm trying to defend somebody on my team, I, uh, I crack bases. All right, and and I raid them while they're online. For example, here for example, if I crack their base and I time it just so their ship is getting ready to hit my partner, their bubble immediately falls, and then I scoop two point five million off of them. See what I'm saying? Jayberg says really the only way to defend an on planet raid is to crack their bases. That is definitely the most effective way. That's the most effective way for sure. But there are other ways to do it. Take your fastest ship, all right, your fastest ship and hit their surveys. All right? And it doesn't even need to survive, by the way. It needs to survive. I mean, obviously, if you can kill it, great. But even if the other ship survives, it gives a teammate of yours enough time to come back and target that survey as well. Now, by the way, if I'm the one raiding, and I, I told you I'm trying to take two and a half million per scoop, uh, NC said this a while back. If you find yourself dying more than you should in your full survey, then it's time to switch ships. It's time to put Pan with one side of Synergy and Ston on your biggest Botany Bay. Now, that ship is faster than anything else. It will not be caught. I mean, it's almost impossible for it to be caught. And just use the Botany Bays to raid the base. It's going to take longer. But again, slow and steady wins the race. All right? The Botany Bay is a wonderful, wonderful raiding tool. But I only use it as a backup. I only use it as a backup if my Rialta method doesn't work. Element uh, OP says, I've caught the Botany Bay with a Pan Vidar. And, it, and you can Listen, that's what I think great about this game. No one ship is impervious. No one ship is impossible or immortal. All right? Hydra says anything can be caught if you're in front of it. 
okay? And, and yes, Jerry Ryan, it can. But the timing of everything has to be so wonderful. Take a look. If I'm all the way across the planet and it takes me five seconds to impulse with my Antares, I can probably make that impulse in one or two seconds with my Botany Bay. The Botany Bay, folks, is ridiculously fast. Now, the Botany, uh, the Vidar can catch it if you're impulsing 25 seconds, but you only got to go two seconds. You only got to go, if you're on the same planet, you only got to go a second or two. Scaly says, what is the next door Raider defense strategy? There's only one, buddy. There's only one, unfortunately. Crack the base. You got to keep hammering their base. Now, you can crack it. If you can't crack it, just keep hammering it. Rialto bomb, Orion Corvette bomb, Rialto bomb, Orion Corvette bomb. And, and hopefully you can tie them up enough to where they just get annoyed. But, yeah, if, if somebody's trying to raid your teammate and they're literally immediately next to them, all you can do is suicide into their base a zillion times, unless you can crack it. Unless you can crack it. And, guys, don't forget, if you're defending a teammate – you're not necessarily you got to look at this also and decide how long are we going to do this. Maztec brings up a really good point. You only have to slow them down long enough for your person to get on. Somebody on your team should be trying to call this person on Discord or text message them or email them or otherwise try to get a hold of them. You guys should have backup ways to communicate with your players. Or if you know, if you know without a shadow of a doubt you're not going to be able to do it, then Boaz has the last resort, or Champ has the last resort, which is boot and loot, and that has happened. Okay, boot and loot has happened. Uh, we've got a player that uh, we know their time schedule. They play in Germany, so when we look at the clock and it's eight thirty in the evening time, Eastern time, and we know that, um, and we know that they're not on, and they're not going to be on for seven hours, then you got to look. You got to look at a boot and loot. You can at least keep the resources in the family, possibly. Maztec says the number one way to defend a teammate is call their phone and tell them to shield up. And guys, I know that some of you don't take this game seriously, but some of you do. All right. Big Country says, DJ, you mentioned it. It is a good idea to have a phone list. A lot of players trust their alliance leadership to give that. You don't have to give it to everybody. But leadership, maybe not a bad idea. Big Country says the phone list has saved my alliance billions. And Razik says if you don't want to give out a real number, get a Google Voice number. Those things are free. Folks, there's, there's things. All right, this, this is strategy. We're teaching how to be efficient and how to be better. Okay? Spock the Avenger says I have notifications turned off. If I forget to shield, it's on me. All right? And that's true. If you got notifications turned off, I do the same thing, to be honest with you, Spock. And I have told my team, if you cannot reach me after 15 minutes, this is what I've told my team. If you can't reach me after 15 minutes, because listen, I could just be in the shower. I might have forgotten to bubble while I got in the shower, but I'm not worried about a 10-minute, you know, 15-minute because I got a nice steel wall, blah, blah, blah. If, if, if my team cannot reach me after 15 minutes, my instructions are boot and loot. All right, because unless unless there is a high value alliance going a high value alliance event going on, in which case we have always discussed as leadership and as players, if there is an event coming up that may look like somebody should not be booted, then you got to opt in or opt out. Hey, is this event important enough for you to lose everything, or would you want us to boot you? Communicate with your team. Communicate and let them know. 
All right? I've told my team to boot and loot unless otherwise notified. If they can't reach me in 15 minutes, then I would rather them have it because they're going to help me get it back. I don't want my enemies to have it. Saltrix says Alliance contributions are lost if you boot as well, are they not? Saltrix, yes, immediately they are. But as soon as that player rejoins, hang on, guys. If that player rejoins your Alliance, then the contributions are brought back. Big Country says, no, I thought you were the one that told me that they did, sir. (laughs) You were the one that told me that they came back. All right, so they do not come back. So if you get booted... Yeah, Maztec says they do come back. Burn Like I says they do come back. Yes, they do come back. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that they do. I, I, I was pretty sure that they did. I haven't been – okay, Callus says he told me that. All right? And, guys, listen, if you want to tinker, if you want to experiment, you could try that. Try it on somebody who hasn't donated a whole lot and just see. But I am 90% sure. Yes, there is an eight-hour cooldown, but, I mean, that's not bad in the grand scheme of things. You got an eight-hour cooldown. But after the eight hours, if you rejoin the same alliance, then your contributions do come back. All right? And I know for a team like Think, that's probably revolutionary news. I could have swore, Big, that you were the one that told me that. If you are booted, the contributions are lost. But if you rejoin the same tag eight hours later, then your contributions are returned. Okay? And, and I'm almost sure that that's accurate. As long, and check, you've got it right, as long as the alliance level does not go up while the player's out, in which case it doesn't matter. Those, those contributions would reset anyway. Okay, so <laughs> Snake Eyes says, great, now he's going to boot me to check. Guys, again, this comes back to strategy and involvement, being smarter about the game so you can do your stuff. Let's move on. Okay, the last one, and then we're going to take our final break. The last one that I've got is hostile hunting, PVE. All right. Uh, and by the way, I, I only am leaving mining off this list because we did an entire episode on wartime mining. And perhaps Snake Eyes can link it in the graphics room. So if you're listening on podcast, then you've got the other link as well. I'm not going to touch on mining because nothing has changed at all since I did the wartime mining episode. All right. I thought you were keeping like a, a calendar with all of our episodes on it. <laughs> Snake Eye says, I gotta find that. I thought we I thought we categorized everything. Did we not do that? Uh yeah, I thought we were going to. Maybe we never did. I don't know. But uh yeah, we'll find it. We'll find the wartime mining episode and we'll put it in the graphics room. So if you are an alliance that needs help mining, there was a whole episode devoted to that, so I'm not gonna touch on it today. The last thing I'm gonna touch on today is PvE. Hostile hunting and believe it or not it follows a very similar mantra to armadas bring an escort and the escort can be one of two things it could bring you could bring one ship or two ships you could bring you know if you're using your most powerful ship to do the pve all right then perhaps you got to look at your shipyard and see what else you have available if you have another relatively strong warship then put your best pvp crew on it and escort who was it uh, thank you, Snake Eyes. Throw that in the graphics room so we can keep that. By the way, who was it that was asking me? I was streaming on Discord a couple of days ago. I don't remember who it was. He said, and, and this is exactly what he said. He said, why are you chasing? Uh, so I had my auger, and it was grinding reds, and I had my enterprise. And he said, why is your enterprise chasing your auger? 
I said, dude, I'm at war. I'm at war. So if somebody tries to come and take me out, I've got a warship here to protect my grinding ship. Now, that may not be efficient. That may not be efficient. Think about it. If, if uh, or revenge, possibly snake eyes, that's possible too. If, uh, let's say, foe comes up on me with his 18 million Newton, I'm not going to be able to take that out. All right? I'm not going to be able to take that out, but I should also be watching my surroundings. Guys, I, I, my, the way that I hunt Borg probes would blow your mind. All right, it would probably make some of you motion sick. I should stream live stream next time I hunt Borg active probes. Okay, um, let's see, uh, Captain Bull. Uh, let me just read this question real quick. It's not. Uh, it's a side note. Hey, if somebody is going to check the Alliance contributions, which I'm pretty sure we're right about that, will you also check the Alliance stats to see if the power destroyed and the rating stats also come back? If you guys, uh, whoever's going to test that big, <coughs> excuse me, whoever's going to test that, please check all areas. All right, check those leaderboards too, because we've never actually checked the leaderboards, but I'm pretty sure that does too. But anyway, if I showed you guys what I do when I hunt Borg probes, it would make you carsick. Because I click a hostile, and I immediately scan the entire system. I mean, move my mouse around. All right, or, or move my screen around to check all entry points of the system. Not every five minutes. Every hostel. I'm checking for any blue that comes into the system to come after me. It only takes two or three seconds. By the way, I'm back focused on my, my miner or my uh, uh, ship before the end of the combat cycle. Yes, Kukar, every one. It comes down to attention to detail, folks. If you're being hunted then this game just stepped up for you. To coin a phrase from Captain Bull, if you are at war, you have enabled expert mode for your alliance. And that's a shout-out to Captain Bull. He refers to it all the time. If you engage in war, you're checking the box for expert mode. You have to be better. You can't hit a hostile and come back three minutes later and hit another hostile. You have to be attentive. And if you cannot be attentive, recall your ships until you can be attentive. Being at war does eliminate the set and forget of this game, which is going to be tougher for you, admittedly. It might take you a little bit more time. You might have to be a little bit more focused, but you can do it. And to uh, address the point that was made in here during the last show, folks, you don't have to do all your dailies. You only really have to do the dailies that contain enough rewards and or points to get you your daily chest and get you the amount of, of resources that you need. For example, I always do the hostile ones because I want the speed-ups. And I do the mining ones because I need that. I don't do swarm. I don't do builder. I don't do research. Not every day. I do my four hours. I do my 24 hours. And I do my helps. And that's enough. That's more than enough. LMNOP says three minutes idle can get you killed in peacetime, much less war. All right. Big Country says I'm not even at war and I can't sit idle because Bull's going to blow me up. <laughs> All right. And, yes, some servers are harder. Snake Eyes jokes and says server 15 is expert mode. It's harder on our server because our server is more aggressive. All right, Starbo says, Starbase says, never leave a ship while hunting reds. Do your run, go home. If you get interrupted, hit the recall. 
Go home. Come back later. All right. Being active is super important, folks. And again, you can bring that escort ship. But if foe brings in an 18 million Newton, I'm warping out because I'm watching all entry points every time I hit a hostile. Every time I hit a hostile, I'm scanning the system's entry points to make sure that nobody just popped in to get to me. Okay? Big Country says, regardless, though, guys, remember, it's just video pixels. Don't take it so seriously, and don't be full of hate about it, but there is a better way. There is a strategy to this game. And so that's why somebody said on the official Discord the other day that there's no strategy to this game. Oh, I argue. I argue a thousand percent. I believe that there is incredible strategy to this game if you have the ability to open your eyes and see it. If you have the ability to open your eyes and see it. Vespa Man says, DJs, how long have you been at war and how did it start? So we have been at war with somebody literally the entire time I've been in this alliance. Yeah, which war is the more appropriate question? Um... I don't uh, honestly you know what it doesn't even matter I don't I don't dwell on the past we're at war now um and I don't know how it started I don't know if my team was at fault or their team was at fault and it doesn't matter we're at war we try to keep it friendly and nice and uh when we're ready to stop we'll stop okay uh so you know that's that's pretty much just it but but this war has gosh uh snake eyes or big or bull you'd probably know better what what are we in like five months now with this one alliance so five or six months, we, we've been at it, all right? Uh, Snake Eye says he's been in war ever since he started playing, just maybe not with this one alliance. Maybe yeah, That's probably true. I, I've, I've been in a lot of wars. I am a, a relatively aggressive player. I mean, I, I think that I've shared that with you guys. I don't think that's any kind of a secret. I am a relatively aggressive player, and that's not always appreciated, all right? But I'm always friendly. I'm always friendly. I mean, I might not share your play style, but you'll never see me say anything mean to you. You know, so, I mean, there's right ways to play war because this is a video game. It's entertainment. Have fun. All right. Um, so anyway, to summarize with your hostile hunt, be aware of your surroundings. All right. Have a backup system. Have an escort ship. If your escort ship, by the way, is big enough to take out the somebody who's coming for you, take them out. <laughs> kill them that helps your your power destroyed and lets them know you're paying attention they will either come back or they'll call for help which is probably what's going to happen but that means you've bought yourself an extra few minutes kill a few more hostiles and be prepared to run and i'm not saying that like you should be ashamed i run frequently all right and it always cracks me up when someone in my line says oh he ran well, what do you expect him to do? If, I, if, if foe's 18 million Newton rolls in against my 3 million Enterprise, I run. <laughs> okay? I run. Bull says, you fight. Now, there's no reason to, in my opinion, there's absolutely no reason for me to fight that fight. <laughs> Big Country says, but you do have the battle triangle. That may be true. But, folks, there's no shame in running. Okay? Now, you should pull up your bootstraps and try to defend yourself i agree all right but there and and listen i will big country will tell you big country will tell you i do even if i'm at a slight disadvantage i will still attack your ship but i'm not i'm not going to suicide into an 18 million newton i'm not okay again razik you got it right 
it depends on who's coming for me. I'll measure up, okay, even if I'm at a disadvantage. <laughs> Captain Bull, though, says death before dishonor. And that's not a bad position to have. And listen, I might suicide into that ship anyway if I need to get back home quick. It just depends on what else I have going on. Trucking Chick says it's not running, it's strategic retreat, and I don't disagree in some cases. Honest to God, I don't. And I may disagree with my alliance on that. I know my alliance, uh, I see it sometimes. Well, they ran. Well, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. I run sometimes too. All right? Because I might not want that repair. I might not want to spend 10 hours worth of speed-ups. Okay? I mean, there, there is still, we've talked about this game being that of resource management, okay? I may not want to spend 10 hours worth of speed-ups to take off 1,000 hull points of that Newton. It's just not worth it. It is about strategy, resource management, okay? And yes, I may disagree with my team on that point. They may not like it, but it is what it is. I, I do me, all right? I do me, and they let me do me. There's, there's, no, there's no harm there. All right, but I may not disagree with that mentality. I feel that it's okay to run, and you should run if you feel that you're a player that is going to be the ant on the bottom of somebody's boot. Okay? I think that, that that's okay. All right, folks, uh, we are going to take our final break. When we come back, I'll open the floor for your questions. I'll open the floor for your comments from veteran players. Do we have anything else that we need to talk about, anything else that can be brought up for a smaller player to Uh, protect themselves in a game where otherwise they may feel overpowered. We're going to talk about that and wrap up the conversation, plus sport drive components to give away coming up in a moment. Don't go anywhere. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. We'll be back in a second. This program is made possible in part by a grant from Brawny Paper Towels, the big dumb towel that does its job and then gets lost, just like the lumberjack on the package. Tonight, on an all-new intervention, we go inside the disturbing addiction that's rotten to the My name is Doug Fritz, and my wife is addicted to apple picking. The first time we went, I took a selfie that got 80 likes, and I thought, wow, we should do this more often. She takes us every year. The kids get tired of walking, and I get tired of spending. Let's take a picture of everyone drinking cider. But they're eight bucks each. It's so exciting to watch the bag fill up. Yeah, because you're not carrying it. We've gone with friends. We've gone on school trips. But then one day, the unthinkable happened. I ate a Red Delicious and realized I don't even like apples. Intervention, the apple-picking epidemic. The good news is we finally talked her out of it. The bad news is... Everybody in the car, time to go pumpkin picking! Don't, don't cross the streams. 
Ah, good stuff. I love it. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be. Uh, appreciate you guys all being here. Welcome back from break. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. Your mics are potted back up. A couple of comments uh, from uh, during the break that popped up very quickly. Just going to um, mention a couple of these very quickly. Uh, some of the veteran players. Also talking about PvP crew. Now, that is literally, if we were going to do a teaching episode, Bull, we could do an entire, entire, we could do a one-month series on crew, I think, Bull. PvP crew is so wide. It is so variable. It depends on your ships. It depends on how your officers are promoted. It is literally one of the fewest areas in this entire game that is truly customizable by player. All right, uh, it, it, PvP crew uh, and crew for usage in general, it, you could do a, you could do a month, at least multiple weeks. We could we could I, Snake Eyes saying the same thing. We could do a whole month. Jerry Ryan says maybe you should do that. I mean, I'm telling you, folks, crew matters, uh, and and we have seen a gazillion screenshots of ships taking out enemy ships a million or more higher than them, even potentially against the triangle by using proper crew. All right, it, it crew really, really matters, and you can definitely punch up. Punching up is 1,000% possible if you're using the right crew. All right, so uh, definitely, definitely do pay attention to that. All right. Uh, one other comment uh, about the running or the fighting, you know. And listen, this is actually a position that my alliance leadership has taken before. Don't feed your enemies power destroyed. I know that it's a useless metric. Okay, it is. It is literally a leaderboard metric, and it has no bearing on anything in the game other than bragging rights. But Pops also said it. Don't donate to their power destroyed. If you feel like you can take them out, then take them out. Don't don't be a sissy. All right, don't run at you know every time like somebody with a Rialta shows up, but at the same time, there's no sense in in trying to run against that 18 million Newton. Okay, it's fine. It's okay to retreat. You don't want to give them the power destroyed. Don't give them the bragging rights of killing you. If you, I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking. Okay, that's the way I think. I'm not going to give them the power destroyed because if I engage them, I'm certainly going to give them the power destroyed. All right, so bail. It's okay. It's all right. Okay, uh, but yeah, lots and lots of variables with uh, with with crew and even big countries saying ships come and go. You will always use these crew. Uh, super duper 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 important uh, on that. And as a matter of fact, uh, Major Chocolate uh, Chocolate Major Choco Choco, whatever we're going to call you, um, he has actually been working on a phenomenal tool. If you want to throw up a screenshot of that, uh, Major, you can do that. He's been working. Uh, with Rev on a really, really cool tool that is going to help you determine, based on your own customizations, uh, help you determine what crew is worth it and what crew you should be upgrading uh, so that you can uh, best maximize the use of your badges and your officer XP and so forth and so on. All right, but yeah, crew is is wildly important. And listen, as we are uh, Snake Eyes, as we are self-examining and wanting to get back to the teaching, then maybe a month-long series on crew needs to happen. 
Maybe that needs to happen. I mean, the last time we did anything in-depth on crew, I mean, we've added 25 officers since then. All right? So uh, definitely, uh, definitely maybe we should look at doing something like that because there's a lot of new officers in the game. For example, Blokemon just offered good advice to somebody uh, here. I think it was LMNOP uh, who says, I've got 579 on a Sally and can win against a bigger Sally uh, twice than a larger Intrepid. Okay, that's great, except you are losing the effectiveness of, of nine in synergy right there. You could put a different officer either in the place of seven or nine because five loses effectiveness with double synergy. Secret pro tip there. Five of nine needs to only have single-sided synergy. You're actually reversing the effect. You're losing effectiveness with double-sided synergy on five. Okay, just just FYI. All right, Scaly brings up another one. Don't put Spock on an Enterprise Tier 4 or higher. Okay, don't put Spock on an en- – listen to me, folks. Don't put Spock on an Enterprise Tier 4 or higher. Okay, now at Tiers 1, 2, and 3, it's still okay. At Tier 4, he literally becomes like a, like a, a wet rag. Okay, can't use him. look at that that's hilarious hydra do not put spock on an enterprise spock is the enterprise and that's a hilarious graphic hydra uh one of the moderators please grab that throw that into our graphics room and shout out the rev deuce for a very humorous depiction of what spock is spock is is the Enterprise. Now, DeHagas says no, no Spock ever. The only reason I argue with that, DeHagas, is that the ship's ability of the Enterprise at Tiers 1, 2, and 3 is still low enough. If you've looked at battle logs of a Tier 2 or a Tier 3, you still lose shield. So that's why Spock could actually help you keep your shields up. But once you get to Tier 4, then it's it's pretty much done. It's pretty much done. All right? Um, And I never said, Neo, that 5 is wasted, I just said that she has no benefit of double synergy versus single synergy. There's literally zero effect. So you would do better. I'm not saying don't use five. I love five. Five in the captain's chair is a crew build that I use for a great many things. Huge. Great many things. Trust me, let me tell you. Okay, I use her a lot. I love her. She's a great card. And trust me, I have many cards. I have many, many, many cards. But she is, you're wasting that other side of synergy. You don't, you don't need that, okay? So, anyway, <clears throat> anything else? Anybody have a question? Anybody have any concerns? Anything we've talked about today? And, and really, I know that was a very bad impression. Sorry, I was trying. Uh, I would like, if there is any free-to-play in here right now that was of the mindset that I cannot compete did you get anything from this show and i'm praying that you say yes and if listen if there's nobody in this room who needed to hear this then this needs to be one of the most shared podcasts of all time this needs to be one of the most shared podcasts of all time this podcast and wartime mining need to be staples in the community they need to be shared with every new player if you recruit a new player this episode and the wartime mining episode need to be required listening for new players in your alliance 
All right. Yeah, they have to hear this stuff because this is what separates players who are successful, whether they pay or not. It separates players who are successful and not successful. All right. Snake Eyes and says, unless you're on server 15, then all of it is a lie and keep doing what you're doing so I can keep being successful. <laughs> Fact, says Bizarro. Okay. Um, Vitamins of Vita says, if everyone plays the same strategy, things get boring. Don't take away diversity. Vita, I I respectfully agree and disagree with you. I agree because I always want that goofball out there that it's I do, that I can beat with one hand tied behind my back because you know he's being silly. Okay, um, so yeah, if it's not complicated, then I'm going to raid that base. I mean, I've literally, folks, I have literally raided people while they're online let me let me tell you another one if you've got a decent sized ship okay if you've got a ship let, let me tell you one one more quick thing and then we gotta move on because we're running out of time if if you crack a base and then the bubble drops in 10 minutes now i know some of you guys have ways to determine whether people are online but let's say you come back let's say you hit that base again after the 10 minute bubble drops with your sally for example and you get in And then you hit it with your survey ship, right? You hit it with the survey ship, but the survey ship dies. Well, that's interesting. What, how, how did that happen? That means he repaired, right? But you scan him. There's no ships. So don't give up. Try the Sally again, just out of curiosity. Hit that base, crack it again. Then try your survey again. Guys, I have literally strung a player along. I, I think that he could not have realized that I got 30 to 40 million off of him because he kept repairing his guns. So I would take my warship and recrack him and time it out so that I would immediately, I mean, as soon as the attack was over, my, my surveyor was there. I mean, we're talking a half a second. Timing is everything, folks. I cracked him. I'd, I'd get a load, and then I'd recall the miner. Then I'd crack him again and, and have the timing for the miner there. And again, it's slower, okay? You got it, Tequila Mac. I call that double tapping. All right, Tequila says the same thing. Hudson says, love the double tap. Folks, you never know. You never know the strategy level of the players you're playing against, all right, unless you just know that player and know that they're a good player. But there are some players that are completely totally ignorant to the game's mechanics i have literally i'm not even kidding you i've gotten 50 million off a base by double tapping when the player is online and repairing maztec says some people just don't care too i mean i i can't imagine i cannot imagine sitting there like he must have thought that i wasn't getting my miner in that's the only thing that i can think he kept repairing and then he kept seeing my enterprise and maybe he just thought that's all i was hitting all right and yeah exactly easy why wouldn't you bubble why wouldn't he bubble he thought he was costing me something he thought he was costing me something apparently he had no idea that i was raiding him after 50 million resources go by he finally threw a bubble and sent me a message and wanted to know well how did you get all my resources? Buddy, look at your battle log. I, I'm sorry. Look look at your battle log. While you were trying to play, you know, possum with me, I was raiding you. 
So get better. Throw a bubble. Don't don't tempt fate. Throw a bubble. <laughs> Throw a bubble. All right? I mean, I don't even take those risks with people I play with. Big country has come and cracked my base. You think I'm trying to repair and sandbag big country? Heck no. I'm probably not even throwing a bubble. I'm probably porting. <laughs> I'm out of there. Okay? I'm not giving him a chance. I'll throw a bubble. All right? Hit them till they bubble. Keep hitting them till they bubble. Yeah, that is what it is. All right, folks. Let's play a game, shall we? Let's do it. <laughs> Nick Burns. That's a good one, too. We've we've hit a guy, almost vaulted him, and were surprised when he either bought a pack or, uh, or redeemed tokens during the raid and gave us more to raid. I mean, guys, you never know. You never know. Yep, it's happened. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's play the feud. It's time for Talking Tracks Family Feud. Let's give away some Spore Drive components. Here we go. All right, let's see if I can click the right button. All right, Vita, let's check out this bot. Contest pick. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to Jorg. Jorg, congratulations to you, Jorg. Hopefully, Jorg is here very, very quickly. Jorg, are you here? I don't see him typing. I'm going to give him a couple more seconds. Jorg, please join us. Uh, Jorg. Jorg, yeah, that's probably right. You're probably right. Jorg, going once. Going twice. Jorg, where you at, buddy? All right, uh, Vita's bot. Let's find somebody else to play. Congratulations to Ladahool, Ladahool. All right, Lada, are you around? We got it. We got to get this ball rolling. Are you able to play in voice, or you got to do in talk? Ladahool, please choose your partner. Ladahool, please choose your partner in Talking Tricks Fast Money. All right, here we go. Chronic break. Congratulations to you. You're going to be Lotta's partner. Lotta said, I'm not picking a partner. Just pick anybody. And so there you go. Chronic Break, you have been chosen. Chronic Break. Now, Chronic Break, you're our player. You were chosen second. I'm going to throw you into the soundproof booth. All right, so do not panic. It's going to sound very, very quiet. Don't panic. Don't leave. I'm going to throw you in. It's going to get very quiet. We'll bring you back in a minute. Everybody say goodbye to Chronic Break. There he goes. He's gone. All right. Lotta Hool. We've got a, we got a PM open with you. I got a PM open with you. I'm going to give you 45 seconds on the clock, and uh, you are going to be asked five questions. We've surveyed 100 people. We've got the top answers on the board, just like Family Feuds Fast Money. 45 seconds to give the best answer you possibly can, and if you and your partner can score 200 points, then you walk away with the grand prize today, which is up to 250 sport drive components or materials and parts. Are you ready to play? Lotta Hool says yes. I'm ready to play. Here we go. All right. Let me find all the good questions. There we go. All right. I got the questions. The timer will begin 45 seconds on the clock after I finish the first question. Lotta, name a musical instrument that is soothing. Name a musical instrument that is soothing. You got to type quickly, Lotta. 
a musical instrument that is soothing. Uh, he passed. Tell me the age a man might start losing his hair in numbers. Tell me the age a man might start losing his hair. Okay. Uh, what should a spy avoid wearing if he doesn't want to be identified by his profession? What should a spy avoid wearing if he doesn't want to be identified by his profession? Name something that's as American as apple pie. Name something that's American as apple pie. All right, time's up, buddy. I'm sorry. That didn't go so well. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, we do have... Okay, I got your answer, so we did only pass on one. That's all right. Typing... This game is tough. This game is tough. All right? Uh, truck and Chick. Oh, yeah, I forgot slow mode. Sorry. Truck and Chick, let's add up these points here very quickly and see what uh, what he was able to come up with. Uh, name a musical instrument that is soothing. He actually passed on that one. Tell me the age that a man might start losing his hair. Uh, and he said 38. 38. Survey says... Not on the board. Not on the board at all. 38 was not on the board. What should a spy avoid wearing if he doesn't want to be identified by his profession? He said a hat. Survey says... On the board for 19 points. Very good. Uh, name something that's American as apple pie. You said a Ford Mustang. Survey, survey says... Not on the board, my friend. Not not on the board. I apologize. Um, let's uh, let's see. That that didn't go very well. Truck and chick. How many points do we have there? Nineteen points. <laughs> that did not. That did not go well. Let's bring Chronic Break back in here. Chronic Break. Welcome back. Uh, your partner struggled today. Your partner struggled. Chronic. First of all, are you able to play in voice? I'd love it if you could. But if you got to play in text, that's fine. But, uh, Chronic, your partner struggled and only scored 19 points. 19 points out of the necessary 200, meaning you got to get 181 points. Okay? Your work is cut out for you. Uh, I need to know, Chronic Break, if you're going to be playing in voice or in text. <laughs> that one was a tough one. Uh, let's see. Where's Chronic Break? Now he's not talking. Oh, there he is. Chronic Break says we're going to play in text, okay? I have opened a PM with you now, Chronic Break. Please go to the private message area, and let's get ready to play this game. 181 points are needed. Let's see if we can make you a winner. Are you ready to play? I sent you a private message. Come. There you are. You're typing. All right, here we go. Your 60-second timer will begin after I finish reading the first question. Name a musical instrument that is soothing. A musical instrument that is soothing. Um, tell me the age a man might start losing his hair. Tell me the age, okay. Uh, what should a spy avoid wearing if he doesn't want to be identified by his profession? Name something that's American, that's as American as apple pie. Name something a child might have at their sixth birthday, but not at their 16th birthday.
All right, very good. Plenty of time to spare there, all right? Let's see if we can check these answers. Now, uh, you needed 181 points. You did a good job. You did a good job, 181 points. Let's uh, start at the beginning. Name a musical instrument that is soothing. You said a violin. A violin. Survey says... Good. On the board for 27 points. 27 points. Very good. Tell me the age a man might start losing his hair. You said 35. 35. Survey says? Good. That's on the board for 10 points. Good on the board for 10 points. What should a spy avoid wearing if he doesn't want to be identified by his profession? You said a flashlight. Uh, A flashlight. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Survey says? Not on the board. Not on the board. Name something that's as American as uh, as apple pie. You said the American flag. The American flag. Uh, survey says good for 21 points. 21 points. And finally, name something a child might have at their sixth birthday party but not at their 16th birthday party. You said a pony. Survey says... Ah, I'm sorry. Oh, wrong button. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, that was not on the board, and obviously 200 points are hard to get to. 200 points are hard to get to when you come back. You got a total of 77 points today, and that's okay. I'm going to hook you up each with a consolation prize. You're not going home empty-handed. I'm going to hook you up each with 100 of your choice of the materials. That's G3 or G4 Uncommon Materials, G4 Uncommon Parts, or sport drive components, you each get 100. Please PM me your player ID and I'll hook you up. Checking out the number one answers. A musical instrument that is soothing. The violin was number one. The age that a man might start losing his hair, 40, was the number one answer. Why? Uh, what should a spy avoid wearing if he doesn't want to be identified? Sunglasses were the number one point. Sunglasses. Name something that's American as apple pie. Baseball was the number one answer. Baseball. And name something a child might have at their sixth birthday party, but not at their 16th. A clown. A clown was the number one answer. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Talking Treks, Family Feud, Fast Money, and hooking players up, whether they win or lose, hooking them up with some uh, goody-goodies for them. We appreciate you being here to play. Uh, Just as a very quick reminder, folks, I would like to know Callus. (laughs) You tried to trick me again. Uh, Guys, I was going to talk about it, though, Callus. In case uh, you guys are new to this Discord or haven't gotten registered yet, please hop up into our Spam It room and make sure you can type anything. If you haven't registered in the last week, then the bot was resets. You need to get up there. You need to type anything that you want. The bot will catch you and get you registered for our Spam It game where we give away 500 materials of your choice. That is coming up uh, again in just another uh, couple of weeks. We're going to give that away, so make sure you get registered. You do not need to be present to win. You do not need to listen live to win. If you're listening in podcast form, register for the Spam It game because anybody can win, and you do not have to be here when we draw, okay? It's a, it's an off-air game. All you got to do is enter, and you could potentially win. Folks, also want to send you a quick reminder. Panic will be on the show one week from today. Panic will be here. Yes. <laughs> 
That means next Wednesday will be an early show. That is 1 o'clock Eastern time in the United States. Next Wednesday, Panic will be here, meaning that this Friday, in two more days, our questions for Panic and Aries room will be locked. All right? Uh, that room will be locked this coming Friday, so please be sure to get your questions in. We'll coordinate those over the weekend. Get them to Panic and get your answers, hopefully, next Wednesday at 1 o'clock. Also, I do want to remind you, I uh, do want to remind you of this official announcement from the official Discord that a Scopely developer will be doing a live Q&A this coming Friday on the official Discord. There is a link for you to get your questions in that is available on the official Discord. Panic is uh, doing a live Q&A with a developer from Scopely, and that will be happening on the official Discord this coming uh, Friday. Yep, this coming Friday, and there is a link available uh, for you to uh, submit your questions, okay? Maztec says they're stealing from my show. No, not at all. Uh, not at all. I'm actually just really glad that, a, that the developers are coming out. Again, even last night we saw Roy, we saw Leela. Uh, and I will tell you, just in case you did or did not recognize the name, uh, a, a new developer, never before revealed to the community, a brand new developer is going to be doing this Q&A. This is going to be the third or first, uh, fourth developer uh, or actually the third or fourth Scopely staffer that we have met in the last couple of weeks. Aries was one, Leela is one, Roy is another, and a third developer makes their grand debut appearance on the official Discord this coming Friday. Uh, we will hopefully, of course, love and would love to try to get the developers on this show, uh, and I still think that that's possible, uh, you know, baby steps, baby steps. We got Aries, uh, and so I'm looking forward to very, very much getting uh, some developers to possibly come by on this show at, at some point, and and you know we'll we'll have to continue working for that. Okay. Any other questions or anything that I can do to help anybody very quickly before we wrap up our show today? Uh, oh yeah, real quick, I just have a quick question. How are you guys liking the fact that we're breaking up the podcast? Is it making it easier for you guys? Because even this one, this is almost two and a half hours. I could break it up and put it up on two different days. Are you guys liking that? Or where they're easier to listen to if it's shorter and just uploading one on one day and one on the other day? Ripper says no, he doesn't like it. I was just kind of curious. Chick actually says yes. Maztec says yes. Nick Burns says no. Uh, Bull says no. Devil's Advocate says it doesn't matter. (laughs) Pop says I'd like it to be all in one go. Uh, Stabber says the last one was perfect. That way we could share it. Uh, Omar says I don't really like the splitting. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what we do there. We we were. We were kind of doing it just to help with the time. But you know, I'd like to. Make sure that you guys are all on board with it. So we'll just upload this one in one go. It's not that much longer. All right, folks, I guess that's it. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. Appreciate it so very, very much. Uh, Thank you for coming in and listening for another. (laughs) Pop says if you're going to break them up, release them both at the same time. Well, now I could do that. I actually could do that. That would be fine. Just if we break them up and put them up in, in at the same time, I'm okay with that. We could do that. Yeah, if that if that helps, then maybe that's what we'll do. All right, yeah, that'll work. All right, guys, thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. You have been hanging out for another Wednesday afternoon edition of Talking Trek Live. I've been your host, Ultimate DJs, and I would like to invite you to visit our website. That way we can get to our website and get you to all the other places that you need to be. How about going and visiting our website at TalkingTrekSTFC.online. That's TalkingTrekSTFC.online. Visit our website there. You're going to find our Discord link so you can come in, join our community, get registered for some great prizes. You're also going to find a link to our YouTube channel where we've got, right, Snake Eyes, we've got a couple of great videos 
great, great videos coming out uh, over the next several days on Giorgio, on Saru, and yes, on Rare Stamets. Three new officer videos in-depth, mathematical, and coming up for our audiences on YouTube. Very, very excited about that. Be sure and go and subscribe to that channel and make sure that you're sharing that out as well. Guys, you can also join the patron program, and as promised, big, big changes coming to our patron program, probably coming up in the month of November. Uh, we're going to do some things to get some more people access and uh, provide even more value to the people who have chosen to support the show, and I'd like to thank those players right now. I want to thank Ska and Gregor. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Venkman and I, Beglin, Big Country, Trash Panda, and Doom. Thank you. Hank, Chuck Sagrun, Pops, Dark Lord, Stevens, Aaron, JB, Ahab, Energy, Fukum, Hi I Bombed You, Thorn, Virtual Army, all gold sponsors of this show, and I thank you for your continued monthly support. Jay Berg, Morgul, DJ Gurr, Red 2, Unhani, Just Skippy, Aceus, uh, and Dunk, Bojack, Ape, Crush, Jonathan Ingram, Jason, Tabby Moza, and Regis, all gold supporters of Talking Trek every single month. I appreciate you guys more than you know. McRock, Lady Kess, Frank Gallo, Engineering Free Philly, Hudson, Doc31, Morphe, Fartasia, Nick Burns, Cam, Coulter, NC Jetski, Wingnut, J Filler, Fluffy Puma, CCXN, Goofy Names Rock, Devil's Advocate, and Leonidas, all gold supporters of Talking Trek Live. Thank you so very much. Olfino, Space Sheriff, Rexnar, Striker, V Ready, Jerry Ryan, Indy Dandy, Quack Fu, Mr. Fusion, Callus, all gold sponsors of the show, Kingo 101. Nostromo, Silent Stabber, Commander Taylor, and our newest gold supporter, uh, Damadar. Damadar? I think I'm not saying that right. Damadar, thank you for being our latest gold supporter of Talking Trek Live. Visit our website at TalkingTrekSTFC.online to find all things Talking Trek, which is recorded in front of a live studio audience for distribution across podcast platforms everywhere. Talking Trek is a registered trademark. My name is Ultimate DJs. Love you, mean it. See you on Sunday. Bye-bye.